This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Rupi and Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson. Clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stefan Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 89 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your Huddersfield Town Christmas number one, courtesy of Richard Kosmala. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad. And then I don't know the bit after <laughs> that, but yeah, it's uh, Feliz Navidad. No more can be said. How are you doing? Uh, so yeah, so yeah, Feliz Navidad was the toast of the town last night, but maybe not a couple of days earlier against Barnsley. Uh, one disappointing last-minute defeat, followed by one elating last-minute winner. Uh, joining me in what might be a bit of a bipolar podcast today is Radio Leeds singing sensation, Richard Cosy Kosmala. Uh, we were due to have Neil on, but he's uh, got some AMC stuff. Uh, so uh, back once again like a renegade master is Mr. Simon Copland. How are we doing, chaps? Brilliant, mate. It's uh, God, the game's just come so thick and fast. Your emotions are all over the place out there at the moment, but... Yeah, we've won nine and lost nine, guys. And I think that is us now, isn't it? That is us. Won nine, lost nine. But it feels the glasses are full, 100% for me. I'm just trying frantically to to grab one more person to uh, 
to get on the uh, <laughs> to to join us. So we've got our four, and he's he's relenting at the minute. I'm just seeing if I've managed to bully him into it. But uh, we'll we'll start, and we'll start with the news that Carlos Corbran has signed a new contract. So Carlos is here until is it 2023? I should really have researched this. 2024. Yeah, three years, isn't it? So yeah, yeah I'm looking I'm at the Champions calendar wrong. Then he'll move on to Bayern Munich. But yeah. Fantastic news. So for me, that's that's great news. Uh, really impressed with everything that Carlos has done so far. Really impressed with how he conducts himself, how he fits into the club, the ethos, and how he uses the club. I, I think it's it's looking like a great fit. And I think you have to give uh, credit to Lee Bromby and Phil Hodgkinson for, for bringing him in initially, uh, for putting their faith in him. And I think you also have to give uh, a lot of uh, props to to them as well for giving him a new contract at the right time as well. So I presume that'll include a pay rise, a well earned one. Um, what do you guys think then, Simon? What are you are you happy with um, with this? Ca- Obviously, you're going to be happy, but um, it's it's good news, isn't it, going forward with the uh, uh, with the consistency of the club moving forward? Yeah, really good, um, really good news coming out on was it Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I can't remember which. I think it's Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Um, that Carlos and kind of. Three assistant coaches, actually, including Danny Schofield, signed new contracts. Um, I've got to admit, I wasn't quite sure what deal or arrangement they were on previously, but um, like everyone, really pleased with with the kind of start we've made under under Corbran, um, and then the style of football we're playing is really exciting to watch. And um, to your point, because if because if one nine lost nine, it's kind of the way it's going to be, um, probably for the foreseeable future. I think a little bit, but um, I think kind of uh, where we all probably are, or certainly the majority of us perhaps expected to be at the start of the season, that's a massive improvement. And um, Yeah, really pleased with, with the work he's done, given the kind of um, players he's had to work with and just hope he's backed in the window and then we'll really see how, how good a coach he could be. Well, do you reckon, Cos, you must be happy because you, you've been singing from the, uh, the Carlos hymn sheet for a little while now. It's weird, isn't it? Because uh, I, I think it's... <sighs> There's no doubt for me that we've made progression. Uh, it's I just think the two seasons that have come before it have been pretty dire, to be honest with me, including last season in the Premier League and probably half of that first season. So I think in our heads, psychologically, we're on a downward spiral. So if we were 1-9 and lost 9 in, a, I don't know, after a few seasons of decent football, I think people would be, you know, well, we're not making any progress here. We're, you know, well, I think we are 100%. think... Uh, I think it's a great message that he sends out to anyone wanting to join us. Uh, if you're a player, you want to know that this manager is hopefully going to be around if he can be in modern-day football longer than, you know, initially the contract was signed as well. But I think it's great and I think it sums us up at the moment. They just I mentioned it on radio last night that once we take a blow, we come back. Now, the other side of town over the last few seasons are weak. This team seems to have a bit more about them and... Yeah, it was a body blow, wasn't it? Saturday, you know, you don't, you can't get any worse than that. A big long throw in, which debatable whether it were legal or not, a flick on against a like a team that went back to the 1980s Wimbledon style, and but yeah, and then another game against a three-scoring team, and we won. It's just amazing, and yeah, really, really good. It just feels like to me, it's just work in progress. Really, the guy is the guy's on a mission. There's an end goal. There's you know, players coming in now and January is going to be an interesting window on that as well. Such a good news for Huddersfield Town and uh, yeah, it's exciting times for me. I think, I think it's really good news because I think, Paul, just might be putting words into your mouth here, but you said on, on this podcast previously, could 
Huddersfield Town match the ambition of Carlos Cobra and actually how long would he be around? Would he be gone at the end of the season, even if if kind of we weren't prepared to back him in the windows? And I guess we'll see in time whether or not we are and, and kind of to what extent he's able to strengthen the squad. But um certainly in the here and now it suggests that um Carlos is happy to happy to stay around and, and sees this as kind of a, a longer term project or something a mid-term project and prepared to give it give it the time that perhaps it needs and, and warrants. And that for me is quite encouraging. Um I think this style of football will definitely attract lots of different suitors kind of in the, in the managerial merry-go-round. And no doubt there'll be kind of clubs looking at what he's doing kind of with the future in mind. But I think it's pleasing that he wants to be here for, for the foreseeable future. And, and obviously we want him to as well. So long may that continue. Mm, so him and his uh, backroom staff have, have all signed to 2024. So a good three, three and a bit years extension that, well, I don't know if it's a three and a bit year extension, but they're going to be here for another uh, three years and, and six months. Cosy, you look like you're about to spit something out there. Yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting point because obviously there's been quite a bit said about, you know, the weakness of the bench, the backing of Phil Hodgkinson, but you don't put pen to paper for a, for the next three years if you're not happy with what's kind of been planned for the future. And we've talked about here, haven't we, that, you know, hamstrung with, you know, the Carby, Pritchard or the big earners that are still kind of with us, sadly. So I don't think you will see the best you know, Corbyn's team till a few years, which is really exciting. But I'm just glad that, because he looks like there's no mug to me. He's the man who's who knows what he wants to do. And uh, yeah, he came out of the blue, to be honest with you, on that as well. Uh, just a very nice little early Christmas present on it. Yeah, fantastic. So um, I'm trying very hard to get an, a, a fourth man at the last minute <laughs> here, which is ongoing. That's why I've been kind of dipping in and out. I've had uh, two rejections. So I've... We're just waiting for another one. If he says no or doesn't come back to me, what I might do is I might throw this out to the 14 people watching there, see if anybody wants to join. Shall we be brave and invite someone in? Shall we do it? Shall we do it? Shall we be brave? I think we should do. It's end of the Go year. For it. <laughs> end of the year. So we'll throw we'll throw it in. Yeah. Um, what, what a year for us town. I mean, I, I think if you look back... The, well, we're going to do uh, that shortly, aren't we? But, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's ended in style, really. Uh, we have an amazing win last night, really. What a finish. Yeah, let's look at the Barnsley game first. Let's uh, let's bring this back into uh, a bit of an order. So, so Barnsley, I think, Simon, you mentioned on the previous podcast as well beforehand, you look at the, you know, the start of the season, you look at the fixtures and you look through the fixtures and you think, oh, Barnsley, Boxing Day. This looks fantastic, don't you? You kind of look at it and think, yeah, that's one I really fancy in. And to be honest, before the game, for me, I was like, this is this is one way you want fans back in the stadium. I I, I want to be there at this one. Uh, by full time, I was thankful that I wasn't. But, you know, Simon, this is one way you really want to get back to normality, isn't it? And, and get back in the ground for games like this. Yeah, I'd probably speak for us all when I kind of said we've had some really good away days at Barnsley in kind of years gone by. Not necessarily always the best on the pitch, but kind of, Good away days, nevertheless, with kind of a lot of your mates, kind of relatively short journey, kind of a lot of time spent in the pubs, etc., etc. Um, obviously, as well, kind of the way it's set up at Oakwell kind of uh, allows for lots of away fans. Um, and Boxing Day is kind of uh, certainly kind of in in my world and kind of my circle of friends. Boxing Day is kind of um, religiously a big footballing day in, in, the, in the kind of sporting calendar. Um, so you look forward to the kind of when, when pictures come out, really. So it would have been great to have been there. Um, certainly, kind of uh, before the game took place, and kind of hindsight's perhaps slightly different view the way the way the fixture panned out. 
Um, wasn't a great game, was it? I kind of remember watching the first half was quite frantic, quite um, kind of gritty. No structure almost. to it was there. Barnsley kind of. I, I think Huddersfield looked a bit leggy um, throughout. It's a bit of a quagmire of a pitch, wasn't it, as well? It was really, really sort of sticky pitch as well. And I think Barnsley saw that and and they just thought, do you know what, we're going to go... Because Barnsley actually play some really good football when you watch them on occasion, you know, on, on the on occasion they're on Sky. But I think they... Um, <laughs> I think they just sort of looked at the pitch and went, do you know what, the best way to to get to get round Huddersfield today is just a bomb, you know, it's just to just send bombs in constantly. And they just bombarded us with long balls, with diagonals and long throws, set pieces. And because it was a really difficult one, wasn't it? Especially defending for so long. But Town scored a great goal. The corner routine was a great goal, wasn't it? It's, it? Usually with Town, you just, I think me and you, we used to just seeing, you know, them stand the ball up on the penalty box and then someone, and then Boothie or someone usually tries to win the header. But you're not, you, we're not really used to seeing little slick moves from the corner like the one we scored from, are we? No, really good goal. Uh, but moments, moments in the game, because three minutes later, Fraser Campbell, 2-0. I'm not sure Barnes will come back from that. Missed. Their heads come up. They equalise. They're going to win it. And I think I think the thing that you mentioned there, but we're a bit leggy, Matt. The one thing that I kind of was interesting for me, because I saw, I watched their goal back, it must be a bit sucker for punishment, really. But when they got that throw in, and time had gone past, passed, actually, there were guys bombing in the box, rushing that guy, rushed for that throw in. Our guys were ambling back. I'm not saying they don't like commit, they haven't got commitment because everyone can see this season they can. Probably want the energy. But once a guy wins a flick on in that situation, you're in trouble, mate. You are in big trouble. And see so the guy steamed in and kind of got in front of Edmund Screen and we lost. But I think we did that is the only reservation I've got a bit at the moment with us. I think every time the team's gone physical against us this season, we've not really had the answers. Uh, they were brutally uh, one-dimensional with Barnsley. And they're absolutely on a roll. I think we've got to pay them a bit of respect. They're flying, mate. They won last night. The one point off the top six, which is incredible, really, you know, to think that the last manager's true had disappeared and there were a lot of uncertainty there. They're flying. But when you watched them, I was thinking, I'd rather watch us every week than them. But you've just got to give them kind of respect, really. Second half of the polling is a spectacle. And it's one of those where, you know, do we get out... A town with their point, but I just think again, I keep having this debate with people, and I think you've just got to accept it because last night exactly the same. You're thinking last night we'll take a point all day long. I thought they think we were, you know, that much better than Blackburn, but we ended up winning it because we were pushing forward. And in the same way on Saturday, I just think you've just got to live with us. That's us. I think you're just going to have to live with it. Take the rush and smooth. We've said that all season. Unfortunately, you know, just just kind of game management and stuff was lost a little bit on Saturday, but. That's just the sort of time we don't draw many, we win or we lose. Yeah, so there's a couple of points from the Barnsley game as well that I wanted to kind of throw out there as well. Um, and it's not, it's not really a criticism of, of Carlos. It's more of an observation that I've, uh, that not only I've picked up, but other people have picked up as well. And he he tends to, you know, it was, it was a game where I thought we looked leggy. You know, it was difficult. Barnsley uh, were very direct very and very good. Barnsley making a, a dash for the playoffs and, you know, more power to them as well. Um, town, you know, we, we get to use five substitutes now, but in that Barnsley game, and a, a sort of a theme at the minute is we don't really see many substitutes before the 70 minute mark. And again, we only saw two substitutes again. Do you think this kind of indicates, Simon, a, a lack of quality or maybe a lack of trust? Or, or do you think it's nothing like that and it's more a case of uh, Carlos likes to stick, 
rigorously to the you know to the plan and and see things through to the end with only little changes where 100 necessary how do you how do you sort of read and I, I may have just sprung this on you out of nowhere but how do you guys both of you you read into that is there anything to read into that for a start or is it just whatever i think for me kind of um probably a combination of, of what you say Matt, around perhaps a lack of quality and, and a lack of trust obviously um, I think I'm right in saying Carlos made quite a few changes early on in this season against Bournemouth, albeit kind of one of the better, kind of arguably stronger teams in the, in the competition. Um, and probably a, a lot of those players didn't take their opportunity on that day. And I wonder for that reason, whether he's now kind of a little bit reluctant to, to throw them in in such important games. I mean, if you look at look at that bench from the Barnes, the game, um, Vileko on there kind of hasn't played very much whatsoever, has he, since he joined um, kind of five minutes here and there. Remains to see what he can do. Pritchard, I think we've spoke about him quite at length on this podcast, kind of in in weeks and months gone by. Um, probably the one arguably of the of the bench that he trusts the most, but hasn't really been able to influence him or influence kind of any of the games to, to a great extent that he's played this season. Dear Carby, the lesser the better. Dehaney, um, kind of forgive me, but probably an, an inferior right back relative to Peeper. Um, Kean Harrett probably lots of potential, but, but kind of still very very raw. Um, Critchlow did well in that game earlier on the season, but, but kind of um, still, if you think back to last year, was it was kind of playing non-league football out on loan. I think Jaden Brown didn't come himself in glory in Bournemouth, like I say, and then Aaron Rowe. It, it seems actually to, to kind of see it quite a bit. Aaron Rowe obviously came on last night as well, but again another another youngster with um, lots and lots of potential, but probably not much experience and not someone you necessarily trust to manage the situation. So I think it's a combination of what you say. Um, but, but a lot of, so a combination of what you say around um, trust and, and kind of quality, but a lot of inexperience, say, kind of putting on players who perhaps don't have that game management or that experience of game management that, that arguably you'd want in those situations. I think what will be quite interesting is when we kind of flick forward to... Um, is it next Saturday? The kind of the, the kind of the cup game against Plymouth. It's even next Saturday or Saturday. I can't remember which. And see how many of these kind of players on the bench it, it gives a game. Um, the lads there played a lot, a lot of football lately, and will need a rest. So that'll be a really good benchmark as to where some of these guys are at, whether or not they are kind of good enough to be able to make a difference in this team going forward, or whether they do need a few more loans and, and such like to to get themselves up to scratch. It's not charity, though, is it? You do, you bring guys on to influence a game. That's why the Decabi bring an head scratch. You're not telling me that Carlos Corbrandt is seven minutes thinking right. Bringing Decabi on and taking Embenza off is going to give my team a better chance of winning the three points because evidence of the last two years has seen nothing from this man. So what were the point of bringing? Mar- you might Mar- say because you might say bringing Decabi on in place of Embenza has got a better chance of holding on to the point we've got in that. I mean, I'm not so sure saying that, but kind of, has he got fresher legs? Will he be able to track more, get up and down the pitch, close people down? I'm not so sure. I think I agree with you going forward, but... Um... I don't think you trust the bench side, but then you've got to think about this, really. Karoma will be back, so that's another one on the bench. Grant will be on the bench soon, another one. Aaron's will be another one. And all of a sudden, the bench has options. I don't think you trust the bench. And with good re- good reason, Pritchard's influenced nothing. Diacab has influenced nothing. The guys influence nothing. There's no point, and you know, I'd, I, you off you off your people like criticizing why you bring people on. But I don't have any qualms with it because 
there's no one that can influence a game to me. And last night, I think everyone were the same at quarter to seven. Oh my God, look at that bench. I think I put a tweet out saying, wow, what can we do, you know, there. But the thing is, again, he doesn't, you know, brought players on after 88 minutes. It tells you all you need to know. The people aren't good enough to influence the game, be it good or bad. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, I think there's some good points there. I think, Simon, you made some really good points as well about structure and trust and and everything there. And I think there's probably bits, elements of all sorts there. And I think we've, there's obviously a young bench and do you want to throw them into a blood and thunder, well, not really atmosphere, is it? Because there's nobody there, but it's sort of a blood and thunder game whereby they've got a couple of six foot five-ish centre-backs who are, you know, sticking their elbows in. Because one of the, I thought the Helic, the guy who scored twice was was really good on the day. I thought he he looked really, really sharp. Um, he was good at the back and, and Barnsley, I know they're our local rivals, but I quite like them because I quite, I quite like what they're about. I quite like how they, they I know they've got a, a Chinese consortium there, which you know they've got billions behind them, but they don't throw money at it. They, they run, they run them sensibly, and we've seen year on year uh, improvements with Barnsley. And I think I look at that, and I just kind of think, you know, fair play. They, they run well. They, they've become quite likable in, in many ways. They play decent football, maybe not on the day against us, but. I think there's a there's a lot to like about Barnsley, and um, I don't know whether that's a good thing to say that or not with them being a local rival. No, but... <laughs> I think you're, I think you're right, Matt. I enjoyed their miraculous uh, display at Griffin Park last year. You know when they uh, stayed up by, against all the odds on that as well, and they're on a roll. Confidence, as we know in football, and uh, yeah, I don't think they'll get in the playoffs, but that row is going to be our game. But I know you lot absolutely hammered me on our group last night. But a point at Barnsley, and a point against Blackburn, you just chop your arm up, but we got an extra point because we obviously won one and lost one. So it's really weird. It's almost psychological, really. Do you, you know, it's better to win one and lose one than just to draw two, even though in your head, it, if you leave Clark, it's two, two unbeaten and all that. You know, it's to me, it's they, the game has come around so fast. And um, like, like I mentioned at the start, we're really good at just kind of forgetting what's happened in the last game and just cracking on with the next one and that as well. It, it was just such a great win last night that against a good side, uh, Adam Armstrong was a threat all night and uh, I, I, I wasn't too optimistic going into the game just on the back of the bounce. Like I said, Matt, we looked a bit leggy, I thought. But again, well, there's still a town that just seems to be any time you think this year, doubting them a little bit, they come up with the goods and uh, yeah, put that Saturday one to bed. We wouldn't need to talk about last night, really. I, I agree with you because I think if you, if you look on paper, at least, I know that the Blackburn team's actually blowers in the table, but on paper, that... That Blackburn team's got some big names in it. Lewis Hope is obviously playing in the Premier League. Yeah, bench Their bench was yeah Harvey Elliott obviously in the squad. Everton his injury. They had men to change. Yeah, and Stuart Downing's obviously not the player he once was and not got the legs, but a very good footballing brain at that level and can certainly pick a pass and, and has a set piece in him. Um, whereas you've talked about us perhaps not having those options and, and kind of the experience of it or the trust. Looked at that kind of Blackburn bench and thought, actually, he's got two or three here he could throw on who could make a bit of a difference. And yeah, I'm not sure their league position really reflects the, the calibre of that squad. And what above um, them? Yeah, I was really pleased last night. Really, really pleased. Kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a great three points. And the challenge as ever now will be to to back it up, won't it, and, and kind of get another three. That's what good, good teams win consecutive games, and that's perhaps where we've been. Five home wins in a row. That was another thing I was going to mention. It's just really weird because. In COVID football, it shouldn't make any difference because there's no fans in the near the ground, even though all you could hear last night were Rambo yelling his head off. Jesus, it were like Rambo FM on my telly. <laughs> Carlos had changed his accent to a Yorkshire one, but, but anyway, enough of that. But I just felt last night it was, uh, 
again, it just it was just a beautiful Christmas present again, <laughs> similar to getting Carlos signed up to 2024, Nabisar, and I have to say, I, I again, 1-1, it would have disappointing goal when it was conceded I was thinking I'm happy with a point Take, give me a point we'll crack on but five home wins in a row we don't but away form seems to be totally opposite we can't win or put, get a point anything away for love no money I think do you, do you, Matt do you think that's just a weird coincidence because we're winning it's not as if crowd can affect it but yet at home we're awesome man it's, it's strange isn't it because you would think there should be no no specific advantage to playing at home or playing away, yet you look at away, and I don't think we've won an away game outside of October, something random like that. Um, and at home, we've, like you say, we've won five on the spin and five good wins on the spin. We've beaten Middlesbrough, who were doing well at the time. We've beaten Watford. Sheffield Wednesday, we're, well, okay, and QPR, probably not not the best that we've played, although both threatened at points. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any sort of rhyme or reason. I just think we may be a little bit more maybe there is a sort of psychosomatic thought behind it, whereby I, I, I think it's more so the running off the man in possession, which is a little bit better at home. Um, uh, looking at Janino Bakuna, I think Janino Bakuna has done really well. Well, not really well. I think he's been better these last two games, Barnsley and uh, against Blackburn. I think he, uh, you know, it's easy to slag him off when he plays poorly, but I thought he was better. And, 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 and he's, he's played better when Lewis O'Brien's moved to the left as well, which is, which is good to see. And Lewis, Lewis has started the last couple of games, the first 20 minutes quite poorly, and then he's, he's come into it really well. And I think it's the runs from those two off of the ball, which, which carry us further upfield. And I think we see a little bit less of it away from home. I think we can kind of be a little bit looser in possession, but maybe it's a, a psychological thing, but I don't think we're a million miles away either because we're not getting completely outplayed away from home. We're, we're pretty much the same home and away. It's just, it seems to be circumstantial where maybe certain things don't go against us. Uh, for me, the Barnsley goal, uh, the first one, Naby Sarr pushes Ramad Inman's green into Ryan Schofield and blocks Ryan Schofield from coming for the ball, which is a, a really strange one. Um, but obviously, Naby redeemed himself big style against Blackburn. But the, the little things like that and the foul throw, um, it was a foul throw from Barnsley. You can see when you can pause it at the point where he releases it and his back foot's up. Um, but then again, you've still got to organise yourself at the back, and the front and back was poor on the on the first defender, uh, and then the the you know Helic comes in and uh, gets ahead of Romani and Green. There's there's a lot there still to do, and I think maybe it's just we're a little bit more switched on, a little bit more confident at home. But I don't think we're a million miles away from from home, uh, a million miles away away from home either. I think they're just little things that maybe just don't go for us. And to be fair, they've gone for us a little bit at home. So I think maybe it's just. Maybe it's just rubber the green, mate, because I think the performances are quite similar. I think we're just slightly more daring at home uh, running off the ball than we are away, but I don't think there's a massive difference in the performances. I don't know what you guys think of that. I, I still think, talk about kind of that situation at Barnsley, I, I still think looking at a team where maybe lack a couple of leaders, lack a couple of people who are really going to organise that back four at, at that time. You've got um, kind of four people there who, who kind of, before the start of the season, never played together. Um, people never in this country before. Romani Evan Green's very young. Um, obviously, Naby Sarr and, and Harry Toffel. And I think if you perhaps compare that to, to teams of, of recent times, kind of Heffley, Schindler, Lerva, all kind of former captains there, club, Tommy Smith, and at that time, the club captain. You had probably lots of leaders on the pitch, lots of voices. And um, maybe I'm wrong here. I'm not close enough to, to the team to know that. But just feels like you could perhaps do with one or two more big voices 
um, kind of people to kind of organise that defence and make sure everyone's where they need to be. You can kind of throw the goalkeeper into that. I've obviously made a really, really good save, but probably still got a little bit to learn um, organisationally wise as well. So, um, yeah, I've been, been quite critical there, there, but. Aren't we at backs? Sorry, Stearman. Obviously, yeah. You know, other players, we have a lot of experience kind of missing, and mm. I just want to. Kind of shout out positive, really, for me, Jonathan Ogg. I, I think he's been in the last month, he's been sensational. He's come again. I mm. I really wondered if maybe his time, I don't know, time was up, but he wasn't going to be first choice for me. And obviously, Vallejo come in, and but he's been sensational. He stepped up to the plate in the last month. He's easily, yeah. If we have a do, we have a player of the month, I think we do, don't we? But for me, he's the one, he's been absolutely fantastic. and Again, last night he was brilliant, and but he needs more than him, doesn't it? Like we say, with experience, and I think that God, uh, I've had so many arguments with people over Nabisar because a lot of my friends don't rate him, and uh, but I think one of the other things you've got to think is he's had so many different centre half partners this season. It's it's hard, isn't it? You need it's like any you know forward partnership, defence partnership. You need to understand that. I mean, like Edmund Green is in now, but they've only been like three, four games, haven't they? It's mm. difficult, man. I'm still trying to arrange an extra man. I haven't given up yet. I've, I've, I've had quite a few knockbacks. I overlooked uh, January window, Matt. This is the <laughs> <laughs> like the press window, isn't it? Um, do you know what? I'm going to throw it out. Who wants to join us for the quiz? Um, you two talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to throw it out there. On I'm throwing it out there now, but, but we're about two minutes behind online. Oh, so um, let's. Ryan Schofield save. What a save oh, that was. No. Copy. Is you're a goalkeeper. Was Tell a goalkeeper, us. Matthew. Was a goalkeeper in prime. <laughs> To get back to Saturdays, Saturdays were good, but last night's were on a different level. And to me, again, I think he does feel a really important shot stopper. Again, I said to Mark Glenn last night when I rung him up, but you know, kind of in the air, I'm not so sure. But shot stopping, I mean, we're brilliant because the power on that shot last night from was it uh, Armstrong? Was it? The, uh, yeah, I don't think it was Armstrong. It broke someone else in the box, didn't it? Uh, it was Armstrong, I think, in the box who who got the from short distance. Do you see Tuffalo block it with his backside? He flew across, didn't he, yeah. with his arms in this sort of yoga position, which was quite funny when you watch it back. But I think it was, I think it fell back because uh, Armstrong ran with it in the box, didn't he? And he was tackled, and someone had the shot, and then I think it fell back to um, to Armstrong, who I agree with because he's a player I've liked for for quite a while when he was at the England youths. And he, he looks uh, like he's about 38, doesn't he? He's only about <laughs> 24 or 5, isn't he? But yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's been around. He's tough paper around, as they say, isn't he? So, um, so yeah, that, that was a, a, an absolutely fantastic save. And he made a great save second half as well, which, um, hello, Tom. Are you okay, mate? Oh, sorry. I've got you on in, on YouTube and then on here now, so I've just done. <laughs> I'm right. Stick to join, mate. Amateurs. We don't need amateurs on here. <laughs> well, you're right, Martin. But again, the, the, the buzz that this guy will get off, you know, massively important save, helping the three points, it's it's amazing. And, you know, I just think, yeah, he's going to keep us a, so, you're the better when they get older. So we've just got to kind of stick with it. But it's... Uh, it's a debate, really. God, they're all coming in now. We've got possible. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm really pleased. And homegrown guy, again, they mentioned adult and boy. What more do you want, really, in that as well? So, brilliant. But Nabisar, we need to talk about this man because he is unbelievable uh, box office, isn't he? I mean, the, the thing that makes me laugh, I mean, the goal, it's incredible. How good? How, 
How good was it? We've seen for anybody that's watching online. The reason why everybody's joining at the minute is because we're about to do some fun and games once once we're finished playing the Blackburn and Barnsley stuff. So Brady, uh, Poz, and Tom have joined, and I think we're waiting for Chris out we as well, who's going to join us. And there is one place going spare that I'm trying to uh, trying to get somebody to go on at the minute. I've had a lot of rejections so far. Well, his goal was his second goal was sensational. Honestly, if you're watching like Lewandowski or Muller or whatever you score that, you're like. That's on the showreel stuff. It was brilliant. My first instinct was offside, but I think there's been a few people on Twitter, haven't they, kind of put the still on and the, the Batman right back seem to be playing him on. The other thing that makes me really laugh as well, and I don't know if it's protocols, I don't know if they're just because they're young guys and didn't know what to do, but Sars scored, he's scorching off, he's slid on his knees. We've got these young substitutes who kind of didn't know what to do. <laughs> they were like, they just thought there was a big distance, wasn't there, between I don't know if they're following Boris's uh, instruction to letter the Lord, and it were like, Guys jump on him, but then I don't know if they thought they could. It was just a great moment, really. What a man he is! It's, he's all just, just just chipping in on that though. Um, the the ball from people oh, yeah. through to him oh. without without that. I mean, as you say, because the, the finish was well, absolutely sensational. You'd expect him to be a striker with a finish like that, but that ball from people, that little just that little dink over the top to him, great vision and, and a, a great goal. That was nice, it... uh, sorry, just going back to Schofield. There were a Blackburn fan who just put tweets us. Huddersfield fans, your keeper is fantastic. Mm. Didn't he? Or just someone like I were really interesting when someone can notice, appreciate just an amazing save, which it was uh, at the time and that as well. It was because it was going with such power and that as well. But yeah, the sad is, where do you think Poser's a defensive? My mate just won't rate him. He won't have it. I were like last night, take it back, you're embarrassing yourself. Look at this goal. <laughs> my, I, my argument would be that, yeah, all right, he's caused the goals but he's credit in the back he's done more to influence many town games and people be shouting yeah in a bad way as well okay but he's done more this season to influence our games with goals with clean sheets he's got a lot of credit in the bank I know he's made errors and the, the trouble is with his errors they're so obvious and that as well but I he's caused some problems with us I mean we disagree but do you rate him at it's sad not to love him, I don't think. I like, I like him. him. I, I think, think he's, I he's think underrated. He's such Paul's... a character. I think because he's such a character. Sorry, Mike, go on. No, we're just gonna, I was going to ask you the question as well. Just join in because we, we look at you as the uh, the big ogreish centre-half, don't we, as well? Um, <laughs> hi, Chris, as well. Just just finishing on Nabisar as well. So he, he, he's a bit of a magnet in the box. I think he's probably a bit underrated in terms of um, how he deals with the ball into the box as well. You know, when the ball comes in, okay, Barnsley wasn't dealt with by anybody, but in general terms, Nabisar seems to be the magnet for the ball in the box. And, and you would hope so at his height, but I think his defensive aspects in terms of clearances are also underrated by, by some people. And um, I think when he's on form, he's an excellent center back at this level. And I actually, I think as a character, he's great as well. If you look at Isaac and Benz's Instagram, I don't go stalking players' Instagrams quite a lot, you know, just, just before you do that. But, um, <laughs> well, not a lot. But afterwards, there's, you know, him and Isaac and Benz, are, again, you got to give Isaac and Benz a lot of credit for the delivery as well uh, for the corner. But, you know, those two in chirping away in French after the game was, was quite amusing. And, and it's great to see that, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's great to see the characters now emerging from from the dressing room, but you know, it felt like a very browbeaten squad before Danny Cowley got there and Danny Cowley's, you know, clawed them back and Carlos has taken on another level. And it's great to see them enjoying themselves and, and doing things like that on the pitch, you know, Isaac and Benzer and, and Nabisar, you know, whatever they were saying in, in French. Um, it, it's just great to see in it, Pos. 
It is, yeah. It remi- I, do, I don't like Sarah. He reminds me, of, I don't know, we've said it before, but he is like Effie Sodji. You never know what Navi is going to turn up. And, you know, some weeks he'll, you know, be horrendous and some weeks he'll, he'll play like he did last night. But, um, yeah, I think I think he's spot on. I think he's, he's added something to the group as well. Sometimes we saw under Wagner, sometimes not always the best players. It's about having the best group. And if he brings a bit of, you know, a bit of energy and a bit of fun, you know, he was doing a little jig last night and, uh, you know, if it brings players closer together, then all that goes towards um, you know a successful, a successful side. And you know, as you say, it's it's great to see um, as we've not really had that over you know previous two seasons. Um, it's nice to see that bit of cam- camaraderie you know back within the group. And uh, I think he's one of those. And I think Cos is right when you when you're a centre half or a keeper when you make a mistake, it can result in in goals against. Um, People highlight them probably more than they do on any other position. You know, if a striker misses a couple of chances and you still win one nil, you instantly forget about those missed chances. Whereas if it's nil nil and the defender makes a mistake and you lose one nil because of it, straight away, you know, is, is a villain. Um, it's just a shame that we're not in ground because he would be a cult hero, a crowd favourite, a chant. He'd be I'm not saying an Effley because that you know there's only one Michael Effley, but but you know what I mean. After the game, I I the warmth. You know the thing that we'd lost so much in my opinion last two seasons. You know the 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 camaraderie between the fans where it was all obviously there under Wagner. We lost our way and players maybe not you know coming coming over to town for different reasons than the love of the club. Just think now we. It's all, it's, it makes me feel a bit emotional, sad because <laughs> I want to hook him, I want to cheer him, and that. But but you know what I mean, mate. I think there's a lot there to love and a lot there to to want. Oh, you just get us back in that bloody ground. That's what I'm trying to say, man. Yeah, I think I think last night with manner, you know, manner of you know when um, Wednesday them getting a a, a late equaliser and us going on to win, it would have had that that proper bounce around the stadium and that buzz, uh, you know. You see it often, you know, wins like that can can catapult a, a, a fan base and can catapult a side forward. And last night, it was great to get that winner because I thought we played, I know you've covered it already, but I thought we played reasonably well all the way throughout. Um, you know, we, we were chatting on, on WhatsApp and you could see them kind of getting back into it. Um, but it, it was great to get that win. And it, I've been critical of uh, Carlos saying, look, you know, we need to see these games out. I think it was Birmingham when I said, you know, it needs to needs game management needs to be better and it has improved recently. But to, to go, you know, one all on what eight eighty six minutes and then to get that last minute winner with a, a centre half scoring, you know, a very reminiscent of FLA against Leeds, you know, kind of what the hell is he doing up there? Um right, well, I think, I'm, but yeah. he were there, wasn't he? And it went in and that's all that matters. Yeah. So, you know, it continue. Really? I mean, well, I'm trying to get people one more, one more for the quiz. If you know one person that will join us, anybody, anybody will do. So I've, I've thrown <laughs> it out there about ten times on the on the chats. Um, I just want to kind of reject, reject, rejections all over. I just want to reflect on the year, Matt. Really, because yes, Brady, try James. It's been such a weird year <laughs> in life. Never mind football. It's been so turbulent. And if you kind of think of Uddersfield Town, I felt kind of when the year started, I thought we were kind of coming out of the slump. We were going to finish kind of comfy above the relegation. As it turns out, it got a bit more fraught on that as well. Then we had the big bombshell of Cowley. The Cowley's been departing. Obviously, the Danny Simpson thing, the, the kind of shit in the fan. We had the disaster against Luton. The ship were kind of rocking, but and then we've kind of turned it all around with a kind of new approach, a new ethos. Obviously, we had the, the Phil thing where he went on the Twitter and it all kicked off. We've had, obviously, came on here to explain it. So, he's been a bit turbulent. So, for me now, it, it just feels so good that 
there's something positive to get behind. The future's exciting. You know, if we win on Saturday, Christ, two points off the playoffs or whatever it is, yeah, we're probably not going to get there. But who's to say not? This team just seems to kind of fight back. There's so much to be positive about, I think. And you look at other clubs in a real mess. for Wednesday are a joke at the moment. Sheffield United are, you know, in the Premier League. I think when you look around, we're, we kind of come out of this year in a, with so much to like. The only disappointment I keep mentioning is we can't get in the ground, but it's... It's never dull being a town fan, but I just that last night just summed it up from the despair of that goal to the ecstasy of the winner. And honestly, next year, why why not? We can have even more fun. There's going to be recruiting. This Grant could be the next Alan Grant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Carl and Grant. Maybe I'm getting a bit too carried away. I do that. You might have noticed, but I just think that's what it's all about, though, isn't it? It's about dreaming. Yeah. It's about getting behind and, and getting excited, isn't it? Because you take away the excitement, then what, what do you have left, really? To be honest, I'm going all sentimental at it. It's the end of the year. This is what I do. <laughs> no, I just think, Chris, I don't know what you think, but it just felt like we were milling mad away from anything, I thought, especially when Luton had our pants down live on Sky that Friday night. That was as low as it's got for me as a town fan. But I just felt that Smith Rowe, I mean, what a bloody hell of what he's doing now for Arsenal. But that moment, that were almost like the... <laughs> bloody, where's this come from this performance and then kind of it's moved on from there really it's uh, I don't know I'm just feeling optimistic about town at the moment and, and excited really for what could be yeah there's definitely a lot more to be excited about than then isn't there? I mean that's a that's a fact I think the, the the key thing is I think you know it was such a big shout and there was a lot of people surprised and sort of blaming the the change in manager he just kept us up it was a real good job of steadying the ship and and all that sort of thing but you know it, it has brought a new like a you know a, a new style and a new vigor about it and it is there's is a lot more to be positive about I agree I think the thing is it's you know it's not you know I joined the conversation when we're talking about Naby Sai it wasn't what a month ago two a month a month and a half ago made that horrendous mistake at Cardiff, he makes the... So it's just around, you know, you, you, it's difficult not to get carried too far away either way. I think the trajectory overall is definitely upwards with this regime and there'll be ups and downs. And I think, like you say, if, if you think back to, to David, when obviously I was there, David was, um, was, was obviously had that first season where there were people still before, you know, we nearly went down. <laughs> I was there, you know, he, he, he didn't have the recruitment, he didn't have the backing, he signed a couple of loan players, he signed your, you know, Kareem Matmores and people like that, and people looking thinking, really? You know, Go on to Ellen Road, did Kareem Matmore, never sullied Kareem Matmore well, after the le- was, legendary <laughs> game. <laughs> that, but that game at Ellen Road, going into that game, we, we were under pressure, I remember going in and speaking and thinking, we really need a win here, because people are starting to question, we're playing all right and we're getting a bit of momentum, but the results are no better than they were before. So I think it'll be really, the, the real big thing for me will be the start of next season. It'll, I'll really liken it to, you know, if we end up getting up this season, I'll, you know, putting a good run together or really having a busy January. You've, the, the recruitment, when you get these managers in who, who have an ideology and how they want to play in a real fixed, right, this is what I want, this is what I need for every position rather than, right, just give me what, what you can give me and I'll make it work. When they've got a real plan, the recruitment is just so much more important. But I really think that, like, you, you, the point I resonated most with them because it was your wait till we recruit. That's the exciting time for me. Yeah. Chris, if I said to you, Rochdale had his pants down in the cup, 
Norwich beat us after Stearman's balls up. Brentford smashed us. We've lost his first three games. If I told you New Year's Eve, mate, we're 15 points off relegation, we're eight off second, and we're five off the playoffs, you'd be like... You'd be delighted. How much have you been drinking, man? You'd be delighted. <laughs> you'd be delighted. Amazing. I think, I think a lot of it is, is as Chris mentions there, that the, the plan is, is the most important. And I know... It's easy to just compare us to the old Chesters down the road because of the the immediate um, Carlos connection. But you know we've all got mates who are Leeds fans, and 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 they really had to sort of when I speak to them about you know how we're playing and stuff like that. And the, 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 all that they keep saying to me is just try and stick with it best you can because eventually it, it will come together. And even even look at Leeds now, they've been playing that way, is it, you know, three seasons or so, and one week they'll lose 6-2 and then they'll go win 5-0 because they're just so true to that style. And I think as a football fan, it's really, really I, I personally, I don't know about you guys, but I find it really difficult to sometimes maybe accept that because as people you're and football fans, you're always wanting just to be better. So you'll see a game and you'll be thinking, why we could have just done that better? Why didn't we just do that better? Why didn't we just do that a little bit better? And next week you will do that a little bit better, and then you, that's when you win five nil. But by by the nature of it, you think, well, why don't we change that? Why don't we change that? Why don't we change that? But actually, sometimes it's not about changing it; it's, it's just learning it and it's, it's just doing it better. I think that's the key um, difference, though. Like you've said, there's so much more variance in the performances and the results and the the style. So much more extreme I think I said this once on one of the pods before I think around um with David we knew exactly what we were and it was like like you've said there we we were very consistent in our performances very consistent which led to was obviously nicking loads of games by one goal and getting that real momentum and everyone knew what they were doing everyone knew what was going to happen slight changes for a game plan but we knew what we the, the performance were consistent this is where this is different and this is like even you know it's new for me and it'd be really interesting when he does get his players because if it's still going to be this you know this uh this sort of style it's going to be even more exciting for the neutral when i say exciting obviously there's not much more exciting than getting to the premier league but it's going to be even more exciting to watch the games because you're just not going to know what's going to happen <laughs> It's how much, uh, how more difficult is that for the players to take on a new style gaming game out versus what you had under David, which was, to your kind of quote yourself, there, very consistent, very kind of regimented. Is it much harder for the players to take that on, or is it, is it kind of down to the individual, really? Do you know what? That's a really good question. I think with the way that this manager does it, and the way that it's, it's almost like a freedom. I think I said this on one of the pod before as well. It's a freedom to go and express yourself and get involved and. You know, like we mentioned now, you had Nabisar staying up after a set piece in the last minute in the box. You have Pippa playing right wing one minute, left back the next minute and been really sort of, it's that fluidity. I keep using that word, people probably laugh, but I think that's, it's probably a bit more, bit more freedom. So they'll enjoy it more. Um, but, you know, with that freedom, you get a bit more variance in the performances. So I don't think they'll find it any more difficult. Some of the players under David and other managers like that can often find it difficult to be shackled into doing the same every week. You know, I think we could all probably go back through the squad that David inherited and saw the ones that left and the ones that didn't and maybe put two and two together. But I love yeah, that it, it, quote from Nabisai yesterday. Sorry, Chris. I thought I was offside at first, but I was thinking I'm just going to finish it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we did. What? Yeah, well, that finish it was sensational, wasn't it? It is. It is like you said, though, Chris. It is a lot more exciting because 
you, you tune in and you think, what, what's going to happen? You know, like you say, there's not many. All right, we're not at that quality level like in the Premier League. You know, you watch your Liverpools, your Tottenham's, and, you know, dare I say, even Leeds, they do execute that sort of style of football a lot better. I think I made a joke yesterday if, you know, if teams like Liverpool play that style at, you know, university degree level, we're, we're more like sort of GCSE level at the moment because we're still sort of learning it. Yeah, but everything takes time, doesn't it? And I think that, as you've pointed out, the recruitment is so important at the moment. You look at the you look at the bench last night, and you know there's a lot of young kids on there and players that really shouldn't even be there. You know, your dear carvers, your Pritchards, your people like that. They're, they're there to fill a slot, a slot basically in case someone sort of gets injured, rather than you know going to make a, a game changing sort of substitution. So January is a really interesting one. I know we've had we've had many debates, um, but we. Will anybody go for it? Because we can sit here and say, well, you know, we're only five points off at playoffs, but so can probably, you know, another, there's another 10 teams that have been a very... That's the championship as well, isn't it? It's just yeah. brilliant. I was I said to the boys, I said it loads of times, but it's the best league. Like, obviously, the Premier League, everyone wants to be there, but if you're not in that top seven, eight, it's hard graft. No, that's rubbish. Because you're likely to get beat, not have many shots. As a fan, I'm talking about, so it's the best place to work. More money to start with, <laughs> um, but you, you, you know that um, that excitement of the championship where hope can happen, and particularly with this manager where hope can happen. And I think it's just I think fans are still going to have to understand that there's going to be these ups and downs. You know, it won't just the last two games perfectly sums it up. We lost two one in the last minute one game against Barnsley, really tricky away game. Did well, nothing in the game, end up, and then the next game at home to someone, and both those teams are on the exact same record as us before going into them two games. It just perfectly sums up where we're at and where the championship is at, and, and what it's like. Covid football is going to be. I mean, it's going to be the window is going to be so weird. I just can't see anything happening. I, I mean, these new tier fours or that tier fives, money and getting back into stadiums. I don't think that's going to be happening this season. I think Neil's going to be right. So her owner's going to, especially with a TV deal and stuff, and. That there's going to be uncertainty that because Sky won't have as much money because you know etc. It's all I can't see many pressing that button to. Uh... It's going to be difficult, and, and that's where it's you're not going to see spending a lot of money on players. You know, you, for, in, in at most teams in this level anymore. You but you know it's you've got to, you, you've got to be creative in the market, and you've got to try and find value elsewhere, and there will be value because teams won't be able to pay it, so prices will come down if players want to leave agents. Stuff will get manufactured. The, the, the market won't come to a stop. It'll definitely slow down. But it'll be interesting to see what markets they explore. Obviously, with David, uh, when I was there, it was the German market. It was um, a couple of loans from Premier League clubs, which we'd never done before in the previous three or four managers. I remember a couple of managers saying we could really do with a, a young player. Da, da, da. And it was like, no, no, that's not the policy. We'll go and get someone from League Two or we'll take a chance on someone. Whereas all of a sudden that policy changed and it'll be interesting to see what the new policies end up being, how, where we're going to recruit from, what age profile and, and stuff like that. Thing for me as well, Chris, you obviously draw kind of a lot of comparisons with the time when David took over. If I remember that, that summer window um, going into the promotion season, the deals were all done early where the Lurther was in yeah. before the season had finished. Hefley was in early. I think we kind of signed Danny Ward on loan early again. Um, probably you know much more than me, but, but I yeah. felt like a lot of the business was done and people were in through the door for the first day of pre-season and you had as long as possible to work with them. And you kind of think with the style that Corbyn wants to play, he needs that. He needs as long as he can do to have everyone on that training field. And what's probably different kind of comparing the two kind of areas is that 
I think we were relying on getting a few people out the door, which perhaps wasn't the case under David. I think he probably could go from day one and maybe we'll need to release a cash from Pritchard from Diacabi to, to be able to do that. But, but let's hope we can get people in through the door through day one. And that kind oh, of, sorry, no one's going to come in for them too. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think the contracts are up. I, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. Them, gonna, no one's going to pay them their wages. We're stuck with them till. Was it June the 30th? There's, there's no doubt. That's going to hamstrung us. I think that'll be an interesting one, though, because don't forget, he's not had a pre-season, really, Carlos. And you talk about them first three games. But that was pre-season. That was his learning experience. I remember pre-season with David and some of my busiest days of that whole season were after the first pre-season games when we looked disjointed and people looked like they were getting to know each other. And, you know, he's... Did, Chris, we've got one midweek game on the Millwall. Obviously, the mm. Cup, it'd probably be a mix and match team, so... At last, maybe some chances on the training ground and rest, and we could it be even better. It's so positive now. I'm so excited for the future. Good. Yeah. So uh, John Smith as well. I've seen him make this uh, comment a couple of times on Twitter as well. He he thinks Huddersfield are, are more similar to uh, Johan Cruyffs and the the Dutch 1970s uh, total football style, um, which which is probably true because uh, the foundations of Tiki Taka are. are are based from Renus, uh, Chris will know, Renus Michaels, isn't it? The Dutch yeah, coach of the one. 70s who Johan Cruyff yeah. learned from and Johan Cruyff at Barcelona then uh, brought in a very similar style and it's what the Spanish have taken. So you can see Corbrand's gone through that school, if you like, and, and Town do play a system whereby the players are very interchangeable and it's very exciting to watch and I love it and so does so does John on uh, online as well. But I suppose you're all yeah, wondering what you are doing here. Well, yeah, so just give me a second. Eight men went to move, went to move. <laughs> Remember that song at Cowshed? Eight men, seven men, six. <laughs> and this sausage roll. Are the guys here ready? We're ready, Matt. We're ready. I have no ready? idea what's Where's going on. What's are happening? you ready? I feel like dear Carby just went out to pitch. I've no idea what to do. What, where do we go in here? Where do I go? Right, three, Stop two, one. That's right. Welcome to the big fat town quiz of the year. So I thought what we would do is we could look back over 2020 with a little quiz. Uh, So what we'll do is we'll look back in sections in eight sections I've got for this quiz here. Uh, we'll try and push this through as quickly as possible because obviously with seven people, thanks to James as well for joining us last minute. James dropped everything that was important in his life to come onto the podcast and join us. So thanks for James. James' Good second work, appearance yeah. after he, uh, he helped us out with the uh, the Carlos Colbran uh, thing that uh, me and Tom did. Uh, Tom and Brady, sorry, as well. Unbelievable foliage. I don't know. It's, it's like <laughs> Mark Devlin's front room. Is that what's going on? There? That's all right. Well, um, I, couldn't, I had a bit of a panic call from Brady and I thought, well, <laughs> need to calm him down. So I thought, uh, <laughs> Cheers, um, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> right then, guys. Yeah. What we'll do is I've got seven questions per topic. I've got seven competitors, we'll call it. Uh, what I'll do is I'll number you uh, and, and what I'll do is I'll rotate the questions. Right? The questions are just random ones, which I've made up. Some are difficult, some aren't. Um, it's just potluck, how it falls and who it falls for. 
Um, so what I'll do is the questions will pertain to a certain part of 2020, and then maybe after each section, we'll, we'll have a slight discussion for one or two minutes uh, about how that era or era, how that period went, if you like. So uh, up first, so Cosy, I'm going to n- number you number one because uh, you're up here. Uh, Simon, number two. Tom three, Paul's four, Brady five, Chris six, and James seven. It's just in the order I've got on screen here, so there's nothing, um, nothing premeditated about that. Um, Chris, uh, are you uh, you all right there? Everything good? All good here, mate. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, right. Okay. So pre-lockdown, so 2020, January kicked in. So the first question is for Mr. Kosmala. So kick us off, old boy. Uh, Town started the year with a home game against Stoke City. Town turned the game around from 0-1 to 2-1 in the 50th minute. Can yeah. you remember, this is this is actually a really difficult yeah. one to start with, but can you remember which Stoke defender scored an own goal to put Town into the lead? <laughs> I was going to say, I remember Mooney scoring for us. But... It did, yeah. Oh, that does not count for a prize, though. That does it. Uh... <laughs> Jesus, I'm trying to think of a Stoke defender. <laughs> Is there a prize? Oh, <laughs> pride. Pride, yeah. Matt, I have not got a clue, mate. Anybody want to guess? Danny Bath? It was Danny Bath, yeah. So oh, Danny oh, Bath. Oh, the one. Sadly, well, do you know what? Shall we give Chris a point for... Yeah, well. you know I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. Nearly back for Chris. Do you get it? <laughs> it starts already. This is where people need to start drinking with some beers because this could be going for a little while. Cosy, go get yourself a beer, mate, I think. Because <laughs> there was six, another six questions. Number two uh, goes to Mr. Copland. Uh, town travelled to Barnsley on the 11th of January and lost 2-1 in one of the probably the, one of the worst performances of 2020. Uh, who was substituted for Huddersfield at halftime, sparking rumours of a fallout? Was it not two people substituted at halftime? Who was the I one thought... which sparked rumours of a fallout and a potential move? Well, I think Carlin Grant got hooked at halftime, and I also think Jaden Brown got hooked at halftime. Carlin Grant is the answer that I'm looking for, so I will accept that as correct. Uh, do you know what? Actually, Cosy, I forgot. We... I've actually got two sound paddles here for correct and non-correct. Let me just check which is which. Right, so Cosy, because you got yours wrong, you get this one. I just the only thing I'll say is, is um, I've been brought up with the values of having humility, having some respect, and having a bit of class. So that's what happens if you get the question wrong. If you get it right, Simon, you get. Thank you for the Navidad. Carlos, wishing you a Feliz Navidad. <laughs> right, so Simon, you got a mark there. Fantastic. So. Uh, number three, Mr. Bradshaw. Uh, who made their town debut against Brentford on the 18th of January by playing their first 90 minutes of league football since April 2019? That was a wasn't it? Was that last Griffin Park game? Nope. No. All right. Well, I went to that one, but then I can't remember then. So first, this last season, not played since when, Matt? He hadn't 20- played since April... 2019, so not quite. About nine months before he played uh, 90 minutes of league football. And it might not necessarily have been for us when he did it either. No. I, I can't think. Stearman. Correct. Stearman. Oh, yes. Oh, athletic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Rosa the Rosa. On the 28th of January, Town picked up a massive 2-1 win at Hull City. Steve Mounier scored Town's winner but in exactly what minute was it that he did? 
Oh. You'll remember it was very late. I'm going to go... 86. I just... The only thing I'll say is... is um, <laughs> I'll be brought up with the values of having humility, <laughs> having some respect and having a bit of class. 96. So it was oh, right at the yeah, very end in the 96 minute. Uh, right, so Pozza gets a zero for that. Braid House. Okay. <laughs> so number five, I'm just making sure this is the correct one. It is. One of town's best performances in the 1920 season came at home to Bristol City. Which town player was assaulted in the penalty box in the 63rd minute to earn town a penalty, which Carl and Grant then converted? And they use it quite a lot on highlights on, uh, on for Sky. A, for a split second, I thought you were like the 1920 season is in 1920 of the year. I was like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> I do um, that a lot. 19, yeah. May as well be. It was um, George Brown. Well done. It's my, I know it is, Matt. It's my, uh, it's, you know, my favourite loanee. It's Emile Smith-Rowe. Thank you for the Navidad. Correct. Ah. Right, Chris. So this one is for thee. So Town's biggest win of the season was their last in front of a crowd at the John Smith Stadium. Carl and Grant scoring twice against Charlton, and Bakuna scored a thunder twatter for the fourth. But who else scored for town that day? Oh, God. No. Oh. Um, I'm just going to have to take a pot shot, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go for Lewis O'Brien. You always go for Lewis O'Brien. Are you ready? <laughs> just the only thing I'll say is, yeah. Um, I think that was there as well. Having humility. Who else wants? Who's going to throw it across? Who wants it? Quick. Uh, Mounier. Brady. Thank you for the Navidad. There we go. Brady uh, has two points. All of a sudden, two. Chris, you still have one. So the last one goes to Mr. Whitaker. Uh, Town's last game in front of a crowd was away at the Chesties on the 7th of March. Give or take 10 seconds, because I'm kind. How long from kickoff was it before Luke Aileen scored in seconds? In seconds? In seconds. Oh. Uh, I'll give you uh, 10 seconds each way if you don't get it right. How come I only get 10, 10 minutes each way? <laughs> because you were way off. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that and it kind of rings in my mind in not such a good way. Uh, I'm going to say 80 seconds. I just, the only thing I'll say is, is oh. um, I've been brought up with the values of 160. So it was um, just under the third minute, which was uh, great, wasn't it? When you just about found your seat and then you're about to sit down. Well, you know, no chance of sitting down, and then he smacks that in and it's game over after 160 80, 40 seconds. Quid or whatever. So that was that was pre-lockdown. Um, long time ago now, guys, pre-lockdown, isn't it? So who'd have thought what we'd be seeing at this time? And um, one of the things I, I kind of think of, we're going to go into the transfer window next. So the winter transfer window of January 2020 is next. But for me, I, I was a Danny Cowley fan. I felt that uh, he was moving town in the right direction uh, for the majority of the season. But pause. I'm going to go to you because you were a bit of a fence sitter with it. Um, did you feel that during this period that maybe town didn't kick on quite as much as what we expected? Or do you think that's unfair given what he was up against? 
I don't know. I think when you look back and, you know, when you, you take a step back, whenever you get a new manager, you're expecting a little bit of a bounce. Um, I think when it, what he walked into were... Uh, the morale was literally through the floor. I think that had a massive impact on, on you know, pretty much everything. He had to pick players up um, and, and instill a little bit of confidence. You were never going to be able to turn it around and, and start playing, you know, sort of free-flowing football or anything like that. Um, I think Cowley throughout that whole season um, was given the task to keep Woodfield Town in championship and he played a certain style of football uh, to enable us to do that with the tools that were at his disposal. It would have been really interesting actually to see how he would have approached this season. I think I had this conversation on, on Twitter last night. It would have been really interesting to see how Cowley would have approached a fresh season, albeit a short yeah. pre-season obviously. Um, would he have continued with the style of football that he had uh, been playing or would he look to be a little bit more adventurous? Uh, he seemed to bring in Toffolo, who who likes to get forward, he brought in Emil Smith Rowe towards back end, who were a forward thinking player. So, you know, he took a lot of stick, did Cali for playing boring football, but he, he, for me, he did what he had to do. Um, and I still think I still think it were a behind the scenes decision to get rid of him rather than what actually happened on grass. Pause of that Leeds game, that that one me and him finished as uh, I'd lost it with him. Then uh, I'd never like his big day night. out, wasn't it? I'll never forget that on Saturday night. I had two people who commentated the game for national radio stations. Had text me says you must be absolutely fuming there because all he wanted to I do. I think it was the, the comments after the match were probably died. worse than the actual. They down and died. He, you know. he just turned up to get autographs and I. To me, <laughs> you that, almost said something different then. Yeah, I was going to drag it on a bit, but I, to me, I, he never won me back after that moment. I just, I just couldn't have it. You know, I think I think the problem with that is he was put in front of the press and Danny Cowley's I don't know if it was a naive moment, but he was asked the same sort of question over and over and over, which was essentially by a Leeds press to to essentially what Cosy was gonna say to 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 put a finer point on it, nosh them off a little bit. And he was too I think he should have answered once or twice and gone, Look, this is the same sort of thing I'm here to talk about Uddersfield. And I think it was just the the fact he kept getting asked the same questions and, and nicely just kept answering it that Kind of got a few people's back up, but I think that's something Daniel will definitely learn going forward. And round uh, two, round I'm sure we'd we'd we'll like to wish him the best. So we're going to go into round two, Cosy's request, and um, <laughs> what I'm going to do so people can't accuse of this of any rigging or bias. Cosy, you can pick a number between one to seven, and you can have the question which is behind seven. the number. Number seven for Mr. Kasmala. It's brilliant. I'm watching people come up with the with the answers online, but. Little do they know the two minutes behind, so you guys won't be able to get the answer from them. I which is good. Pause, I can see what you're doing, you sneaky <laughs> son of a gun. It's not going to happen. Pause, put your phone get down, that mate. phone down. Shit house. Websites later on, mate. Don't need <laughs> Pause hub. Right, number seven. Harry Toffolo joined from Lincoln City. How many clubs has Harry Toffolo played first team football for in his career, including Huddersfield Town? So in Lincoln, Huddersfield, and Norwich. Keep oh. Including loans that he's had out, so this is all first team football, and he's had a couple Ooh, of loans. Two. God, I'm getting some hard questions, mate. <laughs> you, you picked it. This is where I can put my hands up and say you yeah. picked this one, mate. Man, I'm going to say two, but I bet it's more than that. But no, it's two. He's played for two clubs, and, and you've na- you just named three. Friend Brady, are you there? <laughs> you've named three, mate. So I don't think it's going to be two. In, hey, Hello. It's Richard here, your old friend. Come on, Cosy, have a guess at something slightly higher than, well, a little bit higher than three. Four. 
but he's done just, it. The only thing I'll say oh. is um, I've been brought up with the values of having right. humility. Okay, See you, lad. For that. Right, who wants it? I'm going to throw this out. Who wants it? Who wants it? Say your name. Uh, James. James, go on. I think it's five. I just, the only thing I'll say is... Oh. I'll throw it out again. Who wants Tom, it? Six. Six. <laughs> Tom. I just don't think I'll say this. Chris, right? Because, because we, we, we're whittling round down, we're whittling down numbers. I'm not going to throw it out anymore. And, <laughs> and that really doesn't help Pause, who actually got that right. So oh. it's eight clubs. Harry Tuffalo has played for. Oh. <laughs> Harry Tuffalo has played for Swindon, Norwich, Rotherham, Peterborough, Scunthorpe, Doncaster, Lincoln, and Huddersfield Town. Right then, Mr. Copland, pick a number between one and six. Five. Where's Cozzy gone? <laughs> Got upset again. He's it wrong. <laughs> and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Get up to 30% off wedding jewellery at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Number five for Mr. Copland. Andy King joined from Leicester on loan, but with whom did he spend the earlier part of the 2019-20 season with on loan? Glasgow Rangers. Thank you for the Navidad. Correct. Yeah. He spent the start of the season at Glasgow Rangers. So Cosy's on a nil. Simon gets a point. Tom, Mr. Bradshaw, is he still there? All the I'm things here. have moved around now. Uh, Tom. Uh, pick a number, one, two, three, four, or six. Uh, four, please, Matt. Number four. In the winter January, in the January window, Romani Edmonds Green left on loan. But who did he sign for? I believe that was Swindon Town. Thank you for the Navidad. Yeah. Correct. That was a nice I'm smashing this. He's sharking it, isn't he? <laughs> uh, pause. You can have one, two, three, or six. six and there's one three. which you don't really want to pick. But go on. Who are you going to pick? Good old centre half number, number six. This is probably the one you didn't want to pick. Right. <laughs> I was going to pick that. <laughs> There's a reason why you didn't want to pick this, and it's because Florent Hadajanai left the club on loan to play in Turkey. What club did he join? You have to spell it as well, Pozza. <laughs> I thought you have to have get to the correct Hadajanai, Turkish pronunciation right as well, including the accent. Trab sponsor or something like that. Is that your final answer? Turkish. Yeah, yeah. I just the only thing I'll say is, is um, might never be I've been brought up with the values of having humility. Who wants it? Chris, I'll have a go. It's a guess. Go on then. Gajian Tepspor or something. <laughs> I just the only thing I'll say is, is 
One more person can have a go. Is it Car- is it Karim Spar? Karim Spar? No, I'm not letting you have that. I just the only thing I'll say oh, is <laughs> Florent Haddad United left on loan to Kasim Pasha. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that well-known Turkish side. Oh uh, yeah. It sounds more like a night club. Brady, one, two, or three. Uh Dos, sir. Is that two? I'm, I'm that joking. Is, that is me. <laughs> Chris Willock joined on loan from Benfica. Having had his loan cut short at West Brom, how many appearances did Willock make for West Brom in league and cup? How am I going to know that? Um, <laughs> You're not. It was well Nine. documented at the time. Nine? Yeah. I just, the only thing I'll say is... is... Who else wants it? Two, two Matt. Yeah, I was going to say two as well. I thought it was stupidly low. Oh, no. He made zero appearances wow. for their first team. Zero. Zero. Oh, no. He made. He played for quite a bit for their uh, Premier League under twenty-one side. And then he scored against them. <laughs> yeah, Chris. I think you get one or three. I'll go one then. Number one. This is a good one. One I like. Uh, Jonas Lossell signed at the end of the winter window and played against QPR in February. How many goalkeepers have Town used in competitive games in the year 2020? Oof. Excellent. I was quite proud of this question Obviously, when I put it together. Yeah. Um, God, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss one. Obviously, there's Lossell, Hamer, Schofield, uh, Pereira. I want to feel like there's one more from last season. Um, I'm sure there is. You don't have to name them. It's just the. Oh, I don't know. I'll say one more than that then. So <laughs> five. five. I just the only thing I'll say is oh, Brady. Um, Go on, Brady. Six. Six. Who's the goalkeepers he missed? And I'll let you have it. So who? who Joe Coleman. I feel like he always gets a game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, was that was that the only one? No, nope. oh. one more. Uh, Grabara, Camille Grabara. Oh, of course. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, Grabara. Right. So Brady gets sneaks that point in. Uh, James, bringing up the rear. Uh, you are question three. Who was Town's first signing of the January window? Um, is it Emil Smith Rowe? Thank you for letting me know. He, he signed three hours before Richard Stearman. Or it was announced three hours before, so we'll take it from that. Excellent. So, winter transfer window. I'm going to go to uh, Chris, because you're our transfer expert for this one. Um, some interesting moves that Danny Cowley made, and uh, the couple in particular were real standout pieces of business. And looking at Mr. Toffolo. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it was an interesting one. Obviously, people get a bit sceptical, don't you, when you go back to your old club for a for a signing, but I think he's one that's really paid off. I think I mentioned this before, but he was someone that we he was on the radar uh, back when I was at the club, uh, when we were just about to get promotion to the Premier League. It was a very sort of, would have been more of like a, a project really at that time. But obviously, I mean, he's he, he's just gone on from strength to strength. And it's, left back's always been a problem whenever I seem to have worked at town and it was only even when we signed Chris Lerva, you know, to start with pre-season, I remember them games I've just mentioned there, we were all like, oh my God, he's miles off. He's obviously not played for such a long time and we're thinking this left-back curse is going to continue and obviously he nailed that position down and 
and, and in the promotion season was a real success. But other than that, even in the Premier League, then he, he was in and out and it was Congolo and it was... So it, left-back's always been a problem position and it for town for a long time. So I think that that, that signing is a real... Um, will, will go down as a real success. Mm. Um, Cosy has got himself a beer there as we wait for, for pause to come back. Um, Brady, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you actually, because you are a massive fan of Emil Smith Rowe. Just what kind of impact did Smith Rowe have after signing from Arsenal? I think him, Huddersfield fans lord him quite a bit, but I felt he was, uh, in and out, but more in than out, if you like. Yeah. Cause I think, well, you, you know, I'm a big fan of him. I think there was the rumor, wasn't there, that they couldn't play him three games in a row, basically in, in like a big, you know, two game week. But um, I think the first time we kind of saw what he could really do was that Fulham game, you know, where we lost three, two and he kind of, you know, three nil down and he kind of ran the show really. Um, but, you know, cracking player. And, you know, I, obviously I joked to you and Chris and I'm sure James is sick of me talking about this, but there was a, you know, I knew it was never going to happen, but uh, I was, you know, he didn't get any games for Arsenal until about two weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, could we get a cheeky, cheeky loan again? Um, but now obviously he's playing for Arsenal and smashing that, it. Uh, yeah, Meza Ozil shaped <laughs> hole. So um, yeah, no, he, he was a fantastic player. I think, you know, well, as, as I said to you, if we had him this season, I think we'd be doing a hell of a lot, you know, even better than we are doing. And I think if we'd had him for the, I do think he's that much of a game changer if we'd had him for the full season. I, I think we could have been not, <laughs> I'm not saying the playoffs or anything like that, but a bit, bit safer than uh, just three points off. Um, but yeah, Love him, great player. I think he'll uh, won't be surprised if he plays for England in the, in the long term. Mm. Right then, let's move into uh, post lockdown. I think what I might do is I might go back to front on this one. So we'll start with James and, and finish with Cosy. Um, take the pressure off Cosy a little bit there. I think. Uh, so James, we'll we'll go with the same again. The we'll do. <laughs> we'll go one to seven again. Uh, James, you can pick a number between uh, one and seven for the uh, first question. Uh, this is so we're going into the post lockdown 1920. We've had the three month break from March to uh, to June when we came back. Um, I didn't miss the foot. I'll be honest, I didn't miss the football. It was a really bad way to sign off from football if you like losing where we did. But um, for me, I didn't really miss it too much. I don't know how you guys you guys felt at the time, but it was just a bit drained and fed up with with Huddersfield Town on some level. Even though we'd beaten Charlton the week before, but. I felt a bit refreshed for this. Um, uh, you guys are nodding, so I'll just I'll just keep it at that. But uh, James, um, give us a number, and, and were you sort of the same as well? Were you refreshed with um, coming back three months? Could you have done with that three months off? Um, I mean, my last yeah, I mean, I went to that to the Leeds game, um, and yeah, it was just one of them similar to what Cosy said. You did leave with a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth. Um, I actually remember someone really bizarre now, uh, a town fan, um, lowering a mask to drink like um, a pint of Strongbow Dark Fruits in like a crowded away end at Ellen Road, which was a bizarre scene to look back on now. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of the lockdown, I think I was more just anxious that we actually were going to go down just because of the way we sort of went into it, really. Um, and then those um, anxieties were sort of furthered by our performances at Wigan and Luton and yeah and when I think back to it it's not not really not really a good time at all for us and yeah Ellen Void was definitely the right answer wasn't it yeah. on that one yeah. James so what number are you going to give us I'll go for number seven numero seven post lockdown against Millwall 
Scott High made his Huddersfield Town debut as a 77th minute sub. Who came on after 45 minutes replacing Aaron Rowe for his Huddersfield Town debut? Um, and it remains his only appearance. Uh, oh, I really don't have a clue who this is. This could be anyone. Um, Worth a guess before I throw it out there? No, literally don't know. No clue. Anybody want to guess? I'll jump in. Is it, is it Mike, uh, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, Abiero? Thank you for the Navidad. Mike Obiero is yeah. the man. Well done, Simon. Nice. Decent, decent well, point sir. for you there. Very decent good. point. Decent nice. Point. Some knowledge, is it? Never even heard of him. <laughs> he's on loan at Colchester, <laughs> uh, Carlisle at the minute, Carlisle. Paul, so he's... Uh, Clibbins has taken him under his wing at Carlisle, so he's oh, up to date on the best uh, the best steam trains at the minute. So uh, good on <laughs> good old Micah. Uh, right. So next in is Mr. Markham. Um, you can pick from numbers one to six. I'll go three. Number three. Huddersfield Town beat Birmingham City three 0 in the third post lockdown game. Carlin Grant scored and missed a penalty. He's only missed for Huddersfield Town. How many penalties did Grant score during the 2019-20 season altogether? There you go, Brady, if that makes it better. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it was a lot, wasn't it? Eight. I just, the only thing I'll say is, I'll throw this out there. Who else wants Seven. to go? Seven. Play it. Please never dad. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on then. Ten. Right. Tom's is the last one and it's... I just, the only thing I'll say is... Oh. According to Transfer oh, Max, Carl and Grant scored six penalties, uh, which were against... Uh, hang on. Yeah, six. Oh, I, I haven't written down yeah. whether against them. Uh, right. So, uh, Chris gets a zero for that one. Uh, Braid House. Uh, what number what, are you picking, uh, Brady? What what numbers have I got, Matt? Sorry. Uh, you can ha you can pick any number one to seven, apart from seven, which is picked by James, and number three by Chris. Go on, Brady. Five. Number five. Chris, when Town beat West Brom two one to stay up on the seventeenth of July, who played at right back? Uh. Bakuna? I just, the only thing I'll say is. is um, I'll throw this out once. Who wants it? I'll jump in again. Give me a time. Is it Trevor Chalaba? Thank you for the Navidad. Trevor Chalaba. Played really well, didn't he? Sai is having an absolute stormer in this round. Sai is the post lockdown king. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're moving on to pause. Pause. Time to get off the mark, buddy. Number one. I've got two right, but you just haven't counted them. <laughs> uh, number one is Andy Booth. Right, number one. <laughs> Who was Town's first game against post lockdown? Pause. Oh, you remember it? You've just been mentioning it about eight times. I know. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a clue. You abused someone after the match. Well, it could have been anyone. It could have been. Of a very important stature at the club as well. I mean, Matt, I don't want to be a Lampard here, but are we letting other people help each other out? No. 
Chef Cousin. Really, I'm on zero. Potter's on zero. He needs, he needs, he needs one. Only he one ginger can win, Potter. He needs one mulligan. Come on, Potter. We've against? mentioned we've mentioned Luton that much. Oh. I know he's not Luton, but I'm going to say Luton. Oh so no! Wigan, Give everyone else a point. <laughs> you know that. Cosy, you need to say your name. That, so. uh, you know, I'm going to give Cosy a point for shouting Wigan out. He knew who it was. No, I said I want a wig on my head. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you can have mine. Right, Tom, Mr. Bradshaw, uh, you um, can no. have um, two or go for four, or six, number four, go for four again. After the Birmingham City game, Ooh, Town yeah. hit a dry spell. How many consecutive games after Birmingham did Town fail to score in? Um, four. I'm going to go Rod Stewart on this. Four games. I've been well lucky in this quiz so far. I've just guessed everything. <laughs> Meske un cartoon draw artist. Meske un artist, isn't it? He knows his stuff, man. Sai, you've got a chance for a hat trick here for three points in this round, which would be easy. Which, yeah, right. My connection's become unstable, so bear with me. Uh, right, Sai, I think you've got uh, two or six. Six, Matt. Town lost their last game of the season 4 1 at Millwall, due in part to a rampaging Murray Wallace. Mm-hmm. Who. <laughs> Who wow. would have ever thought he'd have said that? <laughs> <laughs> who captained the club for the very first time that day? Oh, Sai. Do you want to phone a friend, mate? Say that again, Simon. Yes, sir, Brian. Rod's going. No. Thank you for the Navidad. It was oh, Luis yeah. O'Brien. Oh, brilliant. That trick hero. Chris yeah, Markham's I'm hero, I think, is Luis yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Cosy. Uh, you are lumbered with number. Yeah, no. number two, and it'll be a question that you would love. Uh, who had Huddersfield Town just lost to when Danny Cowley said, Huddersfield Town will be relegated over my dead body? Luton. I just, the only thing I'll say is, is um, I've been brought up with the values of having humility. Who wants it? I'll let one person have this. Jump in with a name quick. Lee James Wigan. Did... Me. Uh, Chris, on, Chris, you have it. Crystal City. I don't think we well, played Crystal City down. post-lockdown. <laughs> oh, was it not post-lockdown? He did say something random then, didn't he? It wasn't Bristol City. And it wasn't Wigan either. So um, just, I'm not going to throw it over anyway. It was after Nottingham Forest on Sky. Oh, was it? So yeah. he, he said that in his post-match comments. Uh, right, so... Podcast after that game, the better. <laughs> You what, Chris? That was my debut, mate. That Chris, did you remember what happened? And it were like tag time, everyone were jumping off. <laughs> well, it was me and Brady holding the ship. I know, yeah, you know, yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like, So, Chris, I've never met you before, but it's really interesting that we lost three <laughs> one. I think I called you Brad. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's all right, Craig, Brad's don't worry about it. <laughs> And now you're the best of friends, ain't it, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> this is going right. Well. So, uh, yeah, round four is all about the new man. But this is this is the point now where Danny Cowley was uh, was uh, relieved, and Danny and Nicky were relieved. Um, at the time, I didn't agree with it. Um, I thought it was a um, I won't say mistake. I just thought it was overly harsh, and I thought it felt 
I felt he deserved the next season. It'd just be interesting now because we've got one, two, three, six, eight people on this. It'd be interesting just for a show of hands um, who at the time thought Danny Cowley should have remained in post. Just a little hand show. So one, two, three, four, five. Pause where you were on the fence. Oh, I'll go back. No, I'll go back. Let's go. Let's commit. And who who thought he should have been given Das Boot? Cos. That was about it. See, in hindsight, Mr. Cosmal has sat there lauding it now. He should he'll probably ask for another point on the quiz. Um, but in came Carlos Corbran. And what did we know about Carlos Corbran? And what do we know? Let's find out. So the next round is all about Carlos Corbran. And I think I'm going to rejig the order and start with Cosy again. So, Cosy, pick a number, one to seven. Four. Number four. So this is all about Spanish, a Spanish coach, Cosy. So if you get this wrong, I'll be very disappointed. The, the whole Stops. thing. <laughs> right, number four. In 2015, this is actually isn't about a Spanish coach. In 2015, Carlos was assistant to which former Italian international at Al Nasser? Oh, international. Uh, what Italian international football player or manager? Yep, uh, player or former player at this point in time. <laughs> Jesus, Matt, what have you got against me and I? Oh. <laughs> you picked it. You picked it. I think I know this. No yeah, friend. Sam. Go on, Chris. Can I phone a friend and that? Yeah. <laughs> Only if I can have the point. No, but you can give up and Chris can have it. Yeah, 100%, mate. I'm, I'm yeah, Brady is itching to get involved. Yeah. No, Brady House has nipped in before. Go on, Chris. Is it Cannavaro? Rod Stewart's at it. And? Thank you for the Navidad. It was oh, Fabio yeah. Cannavaro. Only because we did the research for that bloody video, Matt. That's why I didn't let you out. Oh, yeah. I, I did all the drawing, <laughs> so it's up to here as well. Yeah, yeah. Tom, yeah. Uh, Simon, you are next. Uh, pick a number between one and seven, please, not number uh, four. Two. Number two. How old was Carlos Corbran when he retired from playing football? Uh, 29. I just, the only thing I'll say is... is Go on. Um, who wants I think, it? I think Tom? he's stupidly young. And uh, I think he was 20, 20, I'm going to say 23 or maybe 24. Go 23, 23. I love how Tom knows the answer and he's trying to just drag it out like he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the Navidad. There you go. Correct. So point for Tom. Uh, and Tom, ironically, is next. Yeah. Or maybe not ironically. Uh, Tom, what number are you going for? Um, have we had four yet? Has anyone picked four? I'll go four again. Uh, we have had four, yeah. All right, we've had five. Four. And you can't. We had five as well. We have had five. So, including. <laughs> uh, we haven't had five, sorry. No, we haven't. All oh, right. Uh, okay. <laughs> including Huddersfield Town. So, including yeah. Town. How many head coach head or manager roles has Carlos Carbrand held in senior football? Ooh, that's a good question, isn't it? So like my internet might have got a bit funny there. So if you didn't if you didn't get the question head coach, not like assistant coach roles. If that's the question, yes, I think not assistant. So head coach, main man. Are we doing town, including town or other than town? Did you say? Yep, including town. Oh, including you. I think it's one, but I'm just gonna go two. I'm gonna go two because there might be a sneaky one in there. Two. Including town, yeah, Sorry. including town. Let's go for two. I just the only thing I'll say is, is it's one um, in it. I've been brought up with the values of 
I'm going to throw this to someone that isn't Brady because Brady did the research, so it feels a bit unfair. Anybody else want one guess? I'll go. I'll just. Is it three? Thank you for the Navidad. It's three. three. He had uh, a job, obviously, Huddersfield, and he was head coach of Doxa and Ermis Aridipu, the well known Cypriot league yeah, side. Good team, then. Good team. <laughs> the greatest team in football the world has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> My second team, then. Well, Chris has got two. Chris is on for a hat trick this round as well. So, Pozza, you're next. Uh, what number are you going for? Uh, we had two. Uh, yes, we've had yeah, two. I think two. Uh, number Don't one. Is, uh, number one. This is my favourite question of the lot, Pause. You'll like this. We all know that Carlos Corbran came from Leeds United. But in what Leeds ish like town was Carlos born and raised in? Ooh. What Leeds time? So, like, it sounds a bit like a Leeds, somewhere close to Leeds, basically. Um, no, but you would associate this type of town name with Leeds. Wankerville. See, you're thinking along the right lines. <laughs> uh, uh, I've no idea. Chestington. <laughs> if you're short on that, I'll give you it. Chestington. Breast. No, I don't know. Thank you for I'm, I'm going to give you it because you haven't got a point yet. But <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Carlos Corbran was born and raised in Chester. Believe oh, it or not. <laughs> so cool. Carlos Corbran is a Chester. Brady, <laughs> what number are you going for? I'll go for three. If I don't get this right, I'm, uh, I'm giving up. Do you know what? This is actually one the most difficult one, I think, of the lot. Oh, thanks for uh, giving me a way out there, Matt. <laughs> well, you chose it. This is this is the great thing about you choosing these. We all know him as Carlos Corbran, but what is Carlos Corbran's full name? He actually has a surname on the end of Corbran that doesn't get oh, mentioned. Yeah. Carlos Corbran Valet. Oh, oh, he's got Valet. it. He's nailed it. Thank you for the oh. It is Carlos Corbran Valley. Just, yeah. just because when I, I started doing the articles, I couldn't get the uh, accent on his A, so I had to Google <laughs> Carlos Corbran every time. That's how I remember. <laughs> right, it's hat-trick time for Mr. Markham. So I think you can have six and... Six, I'll have six. Yeah, I think it's six and seven which is left. So yeah, number six. Yeah. In town's last pre-season friendly against Manchester United... Town found themselves 2 0 down. Man United 23s, that's very different. Yeah, Man United 23s. All right, all right, all right. I was trying to go for the, the more sort of exotic sounding thing to try and make yeah, us a bigger club than maybe what we are. But Town found themselves 2 0 down early on against a strong Man United side. Who did Carlos pick as a number eight that day, who then got Town back in the game by scoring to make it 2 1? Oh, I remember the type of goal it was. I remember thinking, why is he playing there? Uh, it wasn't Carby, was it? Do you honestly think Diacabi scored a goal? God. Yeah. Man. He hadn't scored for three years. Get, uh, try again. <laughs> Not taking that as a serious answer. Um, uh, my, my knowledge of the pre-season friendly is almost non-existent. I'll, I'll guess again. Phil Starbuck. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there. Who fancies it? Pause. Yeah, I'll give it pause. Was it, it Karoma? Yeah. Uh, Tom? Well, I was going to say that because Karoma definitely scored. Did score Karoma did score, but he yeah. scored the third goal. Uh, the first one. Yeah, let's say in Benza. Simon, Simon's got it right. It was Alex Pritchard. Pritchard. Oh, he scored a free kick, didn't he? 
Yeah, I did. Yes, I, did. I was thinking uh, of Kuhn's goal. <laughs> right. So James, uh, bringing up the uh, bring up the rear. I think you've got number seven. So how old is Carlos Corbran? And it's all right. You only have to go years. You don't have to go days on this one. I'm not that harsh. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go 36. I just the only thing I'll say is. is um, okay. 32. Trenta y dos. I just the only thing I'll say is, is 34. You said 34, Tom. I just the only thing I'll say is 38. I just the only thing I'll say is, is pause. Nine. I just don't think I'll say it. Keep saying these only things. Right, stop it. A lot of you. Twenty-three. Thirty-seven. That's pretty much the only one in the thirties that none of you guessed. It's thirty-eight in April, Brady. There we go. Uh, Right. So Carlos Corbran. Um, I'm I'm delighted with Carlos Corbran and what he's producing at Huddersfield Town. Tom, um, you seem to love to draw him. He he seems to be the object. You know, he's your uh, French girl, if you like. How how good has Carlos Corbran been for Huddersfield Town? Yeah, I do love it. I'm, I'm to say I'm watching, like actually watching it on a screen, is actually exciting. I'm surprised by that. With no fans in the ground, I thought, and I I really liked the Cowleys, and I thought they would be successful eventually. But this watching their football with no fans in the ground wasn't as exciting as watching this football. If that makes sense. Mm. Because I do think fans in the ground make sometimes make games that are a bit rubbish a bit more exciting. Mm. And some of the, 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 yeah, like I said earlier as well, you don't know what's going to happen. Barnes, a game, I don't think we played particularly bad, but um, you just didn't know what was going to happen. So I, yeah, I'm loving it. I am loving it. I can't wait to get back in. Let's just hope it's, yeah, in the next few months, maybe. <laughs> There's a certain Mr. Cosmala that can't wait to get back in either, for sure. Uh, Carlos is a he loves anything Spanish, paella. Um, I can't even think of anything else which is Spanish, but <laughs> parasols. There you go, something Spanish. <laughs> I might have just made that up, but Carlos Corbran doing wonders, <laughs> and Cosy is certainly a big fan as well. Um, but I'm going to go to you first for the next one, the quiz. So we're going to go from September to October these months. So Carlos has got his uh, feet under the table. There's a, there's a particularly easy question in amongst these seven. Uh, and I'll give Mr. Cosmile a first go at between one and seven. I'm like shipping out, mate. I can't buy it with a uh, <laughs> point. Uh, number four, again. Number four wasn't the one I was thinking of as easy. But, um, okay. Town suffered back-to-back league defeats in October against Preston and Birmingham. You'll remember those. Uh, how many times have we suffered back-to-back defeats this season? Three times. I just the only thing I'll say is, is I've been brought up with a bag. Throw it out once. Say your Chris. name. I'll go. Chris. Four times. That'd mean we'd lose eight games. I just the only thing I'll say is we've only lost back to back games twice, which effectively is four games. And that was at the very start against Norwich and Brentford. Uh, and uh, against, uh, who did I say it was against? Preston and Birmingham. So twice. Um, so it shows a great bounce back ability, like you said, I think, Cosy on the pod. Uh, when you mentioned I've Ian said Dowie. that's right. It last, uh, last <laughs> or so, isn't it? Because yeah. this quiz is going well, isn't it? <laughs> so Cosy's on and on. Man, I think I need to Simon, uh, watch Goggle El Nombre. Two. Uh, number two. Uh, okay. 
Uh, this is fairly easy. When Town beat Nottingham Forest for our first win, what league game week was this? Fairly easy. I told you some of them were easy. <laughs> Matt, you... you picked it, mate. You picked it. Simon struggled. Oh. Thank you for the Navidad. It was yeah. the third game of the season. Uh, Tom. Uh, give me any number that's free, Matt. Any number that's three, yeah. that's free. Uh, let's have a look. So we've had number two, and we've had Cosy pick number um, four. So let's go in between. Let's have three. Right. Uh, this is quite easy. So they're getting easy because of a, a recency bias, which is something Chris Chris Markham likes to throw in when Brady wins the poll on uh, our preview <laughs> shows. Uh, and I I agree fully one hundred percent with Chris when he does say that as well. Uh, right, number three. Town recorded their first away win on the 17th of October, beating Swansea 2-1. Uh, who scored Town's first goal? The first goal was Toffolo, wasn't it? Thank you for the Navidad. It was yeah. Harry Toffolo. Pause. Yes. Oh, you had pick number one. Number one. <laughs> Who knocked Town out of the League Cup? Rochdale. Way. Thank you for the yes. <laughs> We are staying up. We are staying up. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Brady, uh, you can't have uh, one, two, or three or four. So you've got five, six, or seven. Six. Number six. Who scored his first goal for the club in a convincing 3 0 away win at Millwall? Paper. Thank you for the Navidad. Oh, such a crap goal. <laughs> 5 or 7. 7. Who was named Blue and White Foundation Player of the Month for September, October? So it was a joint award. Well, not a joint award. It was the joint month. So it was one player. Peeper again? I just, the only thing I'll say is... is uh, Pause. Going for Isaac Campbell? I just, the only thing I'll say is... is uh, I'll throw out one Brady. more time. Freddie. Go on. Toffolo. Thank you for the Navidad. It was Harry Toffolo. Campbell usually wins it, doesn't he? Because he serves out breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> Not for his footballing ability, but he does a lot of, he does a lot of community work, does lad. He's a good lad. Uh, right, so James, you're left with number five, which is Isaac and Benza scored his first goal of the season against Birmingham with a free kick. How many goals has Isaac and Benza scored for Huddersfield Town since he signed? Uh, I'll give you a clue it's not double figures <laughs> uh, oh, you brought him on last minute and you're giving him all the hard ones there's not a chance to research like you Brady <laughs> um, so he got one against Man United didn't he I'm just showing yep. my work in Birmingham uh, literally the only one I remember pre to the season then two free kicks probably another one four Thank you for He has scored four goals. So Isaac and Benza has got four. So nice one, James. Uh, right. So September, October seemed to go quite well. There was some, Cosy, there were a couple of things that we picked up on early doors, which we liked a lot about Carlos, but a couple of things that we kind of, we, which we looked at and we thought, you know what, maybe things could be better was game management because everything seemed a little bit basketball to and from. Um, what we saw during September, October was mass improvements towards this. Uh, and uh, another thing, uh, which I cover a bit later on, actually. Uh, another thing is um, 
set pieces, which became a bit, bit better later on. Uh, were you impressed during that period with what Carlos served up and Town served up, really? Yeah, I just thought it was refreshing, really. And, uh, you know, compared to what... Yeah, I wasn't a big Cowley fan. I've been obviously known for that, but yeah. Just there's like a swear we, box. There's a Cowley swear box with your name on it where you have to put no, 50p think, in every time you mention him on the podcast. Like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, over the years, you, you see some managers come and go and you you can't really see what they're trying to do, what's the identity, the DNA, kind of the trying to stamp on the club. And you could see that early on. Uh, I mean, even that Norwich game that where we uh, obviously had a bad error from Steam and you could see what they were trying to do, but... You just wondered if A, the players could buy into it, B, were they good enough to kind of some con- I mean, like can Jonathan Ogg, for example, which is, is proven, can he kind of cope with his style and as well? And can Fraser Campbell, you know, 30 plus, can he kind of use the all the has he got the energy for for what he wanted to do in that post? So it was really interesting. But the Swans, the Swansea game was a game changer. I mean, don't know how they're doing tonight, but I think they can go top cat there. But yeah, that would have, when we won there, we'd never win at Swansea, are they ever? So it was just an amazing win. And uh, yeah, you just need, I think it's like anything in it, like in any job, if you're a new manager and you're kind of an employee, you are, you want to see a re- bit of reward for buying into something early on, don't you? And whether it be, a, I don't mm. know, praise or something like that as well. But the fact that we can kind of win, I mean, obviously Fraser Campbell's goal against Forest is, I think he got on the, uh, and Sky Bet wheeled in it along with Ailin. It was weird, wasn't it? Ailin's goal, like one of the goals of 2020, and then next were Fraser Campbell. But yeah, no, it was good. And uh, obviously, it's just kind of rolled on from there, really. So yeah. At the end of October, we saw the transfer window. So this round, it's six out of eight. So I'm going to go through this one quite quickly and not throw anything out to you guys because I'm aware of the time and we need to probably bash through uh, this as it's coming up at 10 o'clock. It's nil nil of Swansea versus Reading with eight minutes left, by the way, Cosley. Uh, right. Okay. So transfer window. Uh, I'm gonna who who should we go with first? Uh, I'm gonna go with Simon first. Uh, pick a number one to seven. Number one, please, Matt. Number one is Huddersfield Town released how many first team players on the summer retained list? So this is freeze. This is people who who were released, not people who we've sold or anything like that. So Carl and Grant doesn't include. What about people whose loans expired? Nope. Freeze. No. Contracts expired, not retained. Okay. Five. Thank you for the Navidad. It is five. I thought someone might get this wrong because Danny Simpson left pre-retained list. Otherwise, it would have been six. And it was no guess, Matt. I won't lie. <laughs> Decent guess. <laughs> I'll, give that. I'll give you that. Uh, pause. Yes, what mate. I love number... Tommy Cowan, number three. Camp... Oh, this... <laughs> You don't really want this one. This is like the most difficult one of the lot. Oh, well. You, know. you and Cosy. I don't know what it is. It's the Aussies you know, picking the wrong numbers. Camille Grabara is now on loan at which Danish league side? Oh, Jesus Christ. Think of Madness. The band. One Step Beyond. Is that a team? No, but sing it. if you sing one of their songs in a Scottish... This is so bad as a clue. But if you sing one of their songs in a Scottish <laughs> accent... I'll be honest, this clue's not really helping. No, no, no. Sing it then. FC Bacon. C Bacon? FC Bacon. They have bacon in Denmark, don't they? That's a guess. Aarhus. In the middle of our street. There you go. It's easy when you know the answer. Uh, Right, next is Brady. Pick a number, please. Six? Or has that been taken? 
Nope. Uh, Carol Iting joined from Ajax. So far, he's made 18 appearances in the championship for Huddersfield Town. Has Iting played more championship games for Town or more era divisor games for Ajax? Um, he's well. He was injured for ages, wasn't he? Uh, I'm going to go Town. I think he's played more for Town. Thank you for the Navidad. He's played 18 uh, games for Town. He's played 17 Eredivisie games for Ajax, but he has played Champions League. <clears throat> okay, so a point for Braid House there. Next one, Mr. Markham. Yeah. El Nombre. Um, has one gone? Yes. Two then. Ramadam Sobi, the lesser spotted Egyptian international, left town to join which Egyptian side? And I'll give you a clue. Everyone thought it was made up. Jesus, mate. What's Egypt famous for? Um, pyramids. Thank you for the Navidad. Ramadan oh, yeah. Sobi joined Pyramids FC. <laughs> <laughs> no way, I'm going to say that as a joke. <laughs> like, seriously. It's a bit like it's a bit like your FC Bacon, that. If you just said it, for it me, is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, what number have you got, mate? Uh, we'll go for seven again. Okay. <laughs> this is quite an easy one. Uh, Joel Pereira joined on loan from Manchester United. But where did he spend the previous season on loan, whose fans cruelly gave him the nickname? Of spaghetti hands and poppadom wrists. Uh, is it Hearts of Middle Obion? Thank you for the Navidad. Yeah. It is Hearts, yeah. Okay. Uh, Cosbar, uh, you can have five or four or five. Four one man. You didn't want to pick this one, you wanted to pick the other one. And he got one right. Can he? Come on. Trevor Chalaba is now on loan at what French? Uh, which French side? <laughs> You'd have got the other one right as well. Yeah, I'm going to have a guess. Ah, uh, think of Nancy Nigel. Think of Nigel Clibbins. Nons? Who are you calling a nonce? <laughs> <laughs> think of Nigel Clibbins. This is just a really tenuous one. Florian. No, I don't mean think of Nigel Clemens when you say nonce. I'll have to, I'll have to scratch that out. But in terms of uh, what team? Lorient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I was thinking Orient Express trains, but Lorient yeah, is where he's on loan. So it was Lorient. a really tenuous second, bad one. The first he did, time. I, I think he said it. Yeah, second time though, Brad. But Tom. If you watch it repeat, I've got it right. <laughs> right, so Dudley Lewis. Right, Tom. Why, why am I named after a <laughs> 1980s Swansea left back, by the way? <laughs> it's because he's <laughs> Oh, dear. Tom, right, the final yeah. one is Alex Vallejo joined on a free transfer, having <laughs> left which Spanish second tier side? You see, Cosy had got this. Yeah, Cosy, what's I mean, the answer? I'll tell you what, Tom, if you don't know this, I'm going to throw it to Cosy. Yeah, give it Cosy because I don't know it. Cosy, who is it? Fuen Labrada Ali. Fuen Labrada Ali. Yeah. Correct. It's like Fuen Labrada. Baths, you know, they've got a stand like Spembra Baths. You know, like Spembra Running Chat Pods. Like that stand. <laughs> yeah. That's it, mate. That's all I've got. 
A bit like Bristol Rovers. Yeah, so he's a climate. That's why he's not in team because he's getting used to like four stars. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Should have sent him one on to Oxford or Bradford. Right, November to December. I get Oxford. Still the answer. Oh, no, it's still, still <laughs> filled that in at the end. No, it's still got cricket side screens there. Um, right, so November to December. So bringing up to the, the most recent period now. So this is where um, we're into the second to last round. So let's go back to the first format and we'll go Mr. Kusmala, um, one to seven, please. Three. Number three is who was the Bloom White Foundation Player of the Month for November? He had a great November, scored a couple of goals. Uh, Josh Kroma. I just, the only thing I'll say is <laughs> um, I've been brought up with the values of having humility, having some respect, and having a bit of class. Who wants it? I'll throw Campbell. it out once. Fraser Campbell. I just, the only thing I'll say oh. is. Nope, it was Carolighting. Uh, right, Simon, number please. Uh, one, please, Matt. Uh, right, so this is November to December. Town started November with a 2-1 defeat at home to Bristol City after going 1-0 up. How many times have Town lost a game from a winning position this season? Three. I just The only thing I'll say is... is uh, Anyone else very quickly? Four. Four. You said that, Brady? Was that you? Yeah, that was me. Thank you for the Four times Town have lost God, from a, a winning a, position. Such a um, dick when I'm doing a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> right, Tom, pick a number, please. Uh, what we had? Uh, seven. Uh, yep, Sam Gallagher scored for Blackburn last night. That's not the question. Uh, prior to this game, how many home clean sheets on the bounce had Town kept? Oh, that's good. Good question, isn't it? On the bounce. I'm trying to think, but I've had a few Fosters, so I'm a bit like, uh, I'm going to say three then. Fosters, that doesn't get you drunk. I know, what the, what's this? <laughs> Fosters, I thought we only drank Magic Rock Brewing. No, come on, Tom, Magic Rock Brewing, that's all we drink. It doesn't go as far as folks, The podcast, look, Chris is on board. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't go as far as folks, then, for me. He said three, didn't you? Right, for anybody that doesn't know, like uh, like Tom obviously doesn't, but if you go to magicrockbrewing.com and you place an order of more than £40, you get free delivery. And if you use Take That Chance takes that chance 10, you get 10% off. And by the way, Tom, thank you for the It was three. Yes, then I'll order some in for the new year. That was smooth, Matt. That was seamless. Thank you. Like I did. I think I'd make a good game show host with a. Dodgy tie and what have you like? You're like Pause. a young Bruce, young Bruce, Bruce. Forsyth. Go on then, Alex Bruce. Young Alex, Alex Bruce. Alex Bruce. <laughs> I'll stick him up, Paxman. Paxman. He's a chest in that we know, Paxman. Go on then, pause. Uh, I'll have number five, please. Uh, number five. In a two, you should know this because um, your youngster will be uh, trying this quite a lot. But in a two-nil defeat to Sheffield Wednesday, Josh Caroma injured himself trying to do a cross where you bring your striking leg around the back of your standing leg to perform a kick. What is this showboat move called? Easy, boss. I can't believe you're not going to know it. Oh, it's the old... Uh, no, no, I was thinking of a penalty one, but it's obviously not that, is it? It's the old Rabona. Yes. Thank you for the that. It is a Rabona. Yes. I was thinking of Damien Dunn when that... When that I think of that. <laughs> 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 
Uh, right, we get so, a bonus point for knowing that as well. No, Chris, no. you're next. What numbers, man? I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you've got six and six, four. Ten, yeah, six. Uh, who scored an own goal for Watford in Town's two-nil home victory? Oh God, that is so recent as well. What? It, it was a proper football nightmare shank shit. 90s style goal with a lazy swing. It was amazing. Was it Sar? No. I just, the only thing I'll say is. Go on, pause. No, go on, Brady. Went, Brady went up first. No, go, go on, pause. No, mate, you take the glory. Go on. Right, neither right. are getting it. Who wants it? Etienne Capoue. Capoue. Yeah. You're yeah. Right, Brady, you can have that one. It was Spanish for 20 million in, in La Liga's window. Unbelievable. Went to Emery's team, isn't he? Cosby. You are. Going to uh, Villarreal. So, it's not only you who knows Spain, mate. James, you are left with uh, number four. Who made their Huddersfield Town debut in the 5-0 defeat to Bournemouth? Oh. An academy player getting his chance. I paid £10 for that and I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, first start or, first, or their complete debut? Complete debut, so he, he came off the bench. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Diara. Thank you for the Navidad. It was Brahma yeah. Diara. So that was November to December and brings us nicely up to date and it brings us into the final bonus round. So the scores on the doors. Mr. Kusmala has two. Simon has, <laughs> <laughs> Simon has one, two, I'm five, six, seven, eight. Tom has one, two, three, four, five, six. Oz has one, two, three. Brady has three, four, six, seven, nine. Uh, Chris has three, four. And James has one, two, three, four. Right. So um, this is all about sponsorship. And this may trip Mr. Brady up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw Brady the first one. And if he gets this wrong, either way, he's going to be barred from jumping in. And it gives everyone a fair chance to catch him. But Brady, what? you get the f- you get first choice. <laughs> so your number, Brady, one to seven, please. What have I done to upset you, Matt? I just take quizzes very seriously. You've um, upset the Huddersfield <laughs> Town gods. Uh, so David Wagner's not three. Number three. I think you might get this. You recently did a shirts thing, didn't you? With um, I can't remember the guy's name. Phil Delves. Phil, that was a great episode. So if anyone fancies having a look at Huddersfield Town kits and which are the best one, Brady did a decent uh, episode with Phil. Uh, when Huddersfield Town were promoted at Wembley in 1995, who was the shirt sponsor? I was one. I was a year old when that was that. Uh, 95. Uh, YouTube exists, by the way. What? It's on my screen, Brady, if you can see it. Go Don't on. do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Dudley, stop it. Is it? No, hang on. Come on, Brady. It's easy. This You've got ten seconds. Is it, it's not Panasonic, is it? Oh, thank you for the yeah. that. It is Panasonic, or it was Panasonic. Uh, Big sponsor. Good kit, that. Good yeah. kit. Great kit. Good assist there from. Actually, I don't think you could see it. I think you got that by yourself. Uh, well done, Bradhouse. Uh, right. So uh, next, uh, Cosy, pick a number one to seven. Although you can't have uh, number one. three. Number one, mate. You should get this. You go back this far. Who sponsored the Huddersfield Town home shirts from 1984 to 1986? 
I am gonna say Daiatsu. Thank you for the Navidad. Yay. Yay! Sharif don't like it. Rock the Cosbar. Yeah, that right. was, <laughs> we had something. Yeah, Daiatsu and Pas- Panasonic there. Yeah. Honest, that? I think it was just the Daiatsu garage around the back of the stadium, though, wasn't it? It wasn't actually the Daiatsu. <laughs> it, wasn't actually the, it, wasn't the car it was the garage was around the back. Yeah. They all got a new car, didn't they? They all got Daiatsu. Come up in the world. <laughs> oh dear. Simon, uh, pick a number, please. Two. Did you say two? Yeah, please, mate. Uh, who... <laughs> this is really easy and shameful by me. Who was the shirt sponsor this season in the home game with Watford? Magic Rock Brewery. Thank you for the Navidad. <laughs> How much percent can you get off, Matt? 10%. <laughs> if you use takes that chance, 10. And trust me, Magic Rock is. Is fantastic stuff, and I'd, I would say that anyway. If even if they were a sponsor, uh, Tom, pick a number, please. Um, one. Uh, Cosy's dad number one. Uh, two. <laughs> uh, Simon's dad number two. <laughs> three. <laughs> three. If, if I pick a We've number, had three as well. Four. What's going on with these Fosters? Four. I want a point as long as if I pick the, a number that nobody's picked. <laughs> Who sponsored? <laughs> yeah. Who sponsored the home shirt versus Sheffield Wednesday this season? Oh, Chef Wednesday. Bloody hell. And that was that. Um... Or oh, who was on the front of the shirt, I should say? Oh, was that. Was Chef Wednesday a charity one, wasn't it? Was it Town Foundation? Thank you for the Navidad. It was. Yeah, good answer, mate. It was. Uh, who is next? Uh, Pozza de Rosa. Uh, five. Uh, this year's yellow third strip was a nod. Town's away kit from the 93-94 season. Who sponsored the yellow kit in 93-94? It was the uh, well-known mop company of Violida. Thank you for the Navidad. It was Violida Super Mops. Uh, Brady, you've been Chris before your battery goes. What? Uh... Well, I've got. I've been delivered a charger from. All right. Okay. Okay. From Magic Rock. From Magic Rock, yeah, where you can get 10% off. <laughs> Next day delivery, I'm told. No charges, though. Blimey, Especially if you're put an order in now. Six Sorry, or seven, Chris? Uh, six, please. When Huddersfield Town were promoted in 2003-2004, who was the sponsor of the shirt they wore that day at the Millennium Stadium? Primetime recruitment. Thank you for the Navidad. Primetime recruitment, bang out of the box. Chris, you have... I think this is quite difficult, actually. Uh, this is James, sorry. Uh, this is probably a quite difficult one. So if you get this wrong, I'm going to throw it to Simon. Can he catch Brady? One, two, five, six, seven. I think he can. No, I don't <laughs> think he can. Disgusting. I don't think, I don't think he can. <laughs> James, when Huddersfield Town were promoted on that glorious day at Wembley in 2017, who was the shirt sponsor worn that day before Pod starts cheating? Shall we block Pod so? Um, think if you've got achy muscles, James. Yeah, yeah. Was it a uh, radiant B mus- muscle thing or something? <laughs> Thank you for that. It was radiant B muscle rub. Uh... Really said muscle relaxant. But I think I might be something else. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. I'm going to calculate the scores very quickly. Cosy, lead us into a chat about what you want to see going forward into 2020. What if you could wish for one thing moving forward? Uh, all of you just say one thing that you would wish for. Cosy, lead us into it. Boring, really, but just... 2021, in, even. Back in the stadium, just 
seeing Posis, the bottom at South Stand, shouting his nut off and just giving. I mean, last night you said it, Pos. Blackburn fans would have been, oh man, you just got, you don't get any better than that, do you? 100%. Honestly, even with 2000 in, get me back in there and that. So I'll have, it could be a full year plus since we went to a game. It's incredible to think that. 100%. That in, needle in my arm and just back watching town away at <laughs> home. That is it. Yeah. Anything else is a bonus. Uh, a bit of a cop-out from me because I'm going to say exactly the same as what Cosy said. I think kind of um, football is, is, is arguably nothing without fans and whilst uh, in its current form we can still support through TVs and such, it's, it's definitely not the same. So as soon as you get back in the stadiums and enjoy it, better for me. I'm going to yeah. say to do a little bit better on the uh, big fat time quiz of the year 2021. <laughs> <for> my wish. <laughs> um, I'd say same as Cosy and Simon, but because I'm from afar down in Kent where it's like danger, danger zone at the moment, I just can't wait to get back up to this field and have my pre match drinks. Have my pre match drinks at the Magic Rock Tap Room. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Sorry, Tom. Where yes, did you, Tom. What, did you, what did you describe Kent as? Um, danger zone. We've lost <laughs> to a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. Absolute danger, this fella. <laughs> See that two lights in one. The possible David Wagner successor. <laughs> right, okay, we'll stop that. Tommy, um, we're tier four then. Now, I think. Four. Yeah, I think we're in tier four, but it might be tier so five cool. next. <laughs> yeah. Tom's not left house for six months. He's no idea what's going on. <laughs> I don't even. I don't I've even done Foster's. Yeah. <laughs> get, get your joke out. Get it out. Right, we've got 27 no, I'm poor leaving. Souls. I'm not saying it again, Cosy. <laughs> right. Um, what 27 about? poor Chris. souls watching us online, so we'll whiz through this nice and quick. Hang on, Chris. What are you wishing for next year? Ready not to have a shirt on a pod. Go on, Chris. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, is he frozen? As soon as she said that, it's, it's what man, you know, topless, me being topless does, it makes people uh, freeze. Um, I'm I'm going to wish uh, Cosy will like this answer. I would say fans. Log off by the looks of it. Cosy will like this answer. I would say fans because I agree, but um, it's for Danny Cowley to get a job so he's stopped appearing on every bloody TV. <laughs> yeah, Brady, you were on my Facebook. You know when you scroll down your Facebook? Sending yeah. your messages. <laughs> don't scroll on your Facebook there were a, an online coaching thing here, yeah I've you? signed up to it mate I'm yeah, going to do you? it <laughs> yeah yeah Brad is doing he still one. follows me on Twitter which I find really weird <laughs> should have got him on the quiz you, you yeah. know oh, like, could, yeah. he's he's done, he does everything else, else doesn't he uh, well well do with this go on another spell on it James what are you looking forward to 2021. I mean, yeah, I would just say the fans thing, really. Um, I mean, it'd just be good. It's just nice to have um, just even just like win-loss draws, quite nice, right? <laughs> you know, that we've we've mainly had this year. Uh, just the sort of decent season with some high points and low points would is just will just do just fine for me. Uh, if we get back in, then that that'd be great. But. Um, you know, and anything better than that, then that's great. But at the start of the season, I didn't think, you know, that we'd be where we are. So we're sort of grateful for where we are and hopefully get fans back in and just have a decent season in, in mid-table, really. 
boring one, really, to be honest. We'll think of anything else, but there you are. Has everyone had a go? Pause. You had a go, didn't you? I think Chris froze, so maybe you can. I did freeze. You're right. Um, yeah, I think we've covered a lot. Um, I think the main, I think the main one that probably resonates is the fans, and then also, uh, like James has pointed around, look, we should just be grateful for a season of no drama, really, and a bit of optimism uh, going forward. I think that's exciting. Um, just on a little bit more of a. I don't know, a bit of a soft one. Just continue the the, the good work of of and everyone that, that that we're doing on this pod, particularly. Obviously, I know that people spend a lot of time with it. There's a lot of people who, who who enjoy it and listen, and the feedback is is amazing. So I know, particularly you, Matt, spend a lot of time on it, mate. So I think that's something that you mean um, speaking to my wife. <laughs> not again. Not the last time. Um, no, but I think it's just worth saying. Um, I think everybody's, you know. Uh, appreciative of it and, and I hope it continues to grow in 2021 mate so that's just a, a bit of a little one from me yeah just, I, I, I want to see some progress going into 2021 uh, I, I agree with what you guys say I think um, 2020 has been a very difficult year for everyone um, today me and Simon both had to say goodbye to someone very important to us important to me Um Earlier this year, so did my other half as well. And, and both times we could only stand in the street and watch the procession go past, you know, the cars go past uh, without being able to sort of fully get involved and, and pay respects. Um, and this has been the case for many town fans over the year as well. It, it was hard watching the, the end of year video as well that the town, uh, the official town websites posted out and knowing that these a lot of these people had to go through the same same thing during in a really tough year. Um and what I'd like to just say is um, it was very difficult and, and I pass my condolences on uh, and I'm sure you all do as well to everybody that's lost someone this year, especially, you know, a couple of people that listen to us, uh, Molly and Andy Firth have lost two people. Um, so, um, you know, we pass on our regards to them as well and know how difficult it, it's been this year. And, and I hope for everybody, not just town fans and not just people that listen to this podcast, but I really hope that 2021 uh, we can finally get a sense of normality that returns to us all. Uh, and I really wish all town fans, all football fans, the best for 2021. And hopefully we can can all get back to normal very soon. And um, and here's to uh, to 2021. Uh, so to move away from that point, shall we work out who is the uh, the quiz guru and who is the um, the shit house? Basically, shall we just work it out? <laughs> I just did that shout. Thing. I don't know. It's going to be tight. Right in last place. With the wooden spoon, Ooh. and he lo- and I'm starting to rethink whether we should have certain people on the podcast and have a bit of a jig around here because oh, no. in last place, <laughs> in seventh, with three points, is Mister Kosmala. Oh, cause it! We've lost to a pub side. <laughs> We've literally lost to a pub side. <laughs> Give us a dance, cause possible David Wagner's successor. Send out Patrick Davidson to find out. Everyone, Max, right enough for that. Uh, right, and also second to last. I'm going to give him a wooden spoon as well because he's on the podcast more often than not. We've lost to a pub side. Dan Porritt with six is uh, with four points. 
And then we have a not more a winning mindset. Not watched half the games. It's the taking respect- part that you know that is true. Actually, Brady. <laughs> A more, respect- <laughs> a more respectable <laughs> joint fourth. Uh, we have two people. We have uh, Chris Markham and James Whitaker. Uh, both got five points and came joint fourth. Uh, and now we move into the gold, silver, and bronze positions. Ooh. Who have we got? So, in I'm trying to work out which uh, which button to press for these people. Let's have the conch for Mr. Tom Bradshaw in third place. Playoffs. Tom. Well done. Tom scored seven points and then it was tight at the top in Ooh. second place. I'm afraid. Thank you for the Navidad. Is Mr. Simon Copland with nine points, but our winner of the big fat uh, town quiz of 2020 and taking it seriously is the serial naked podcaster. <laughs> Mr. Brady Frost. Yeah, I would I would joke that it's made my year, but this year's been so crap, it's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, just edit this quiz out when people... When <laughs> yeah, we're probably going to lose another 500 listeners on the back of this yeah, quiz. People have stuck with us. We've had decent, <laughs> decent watches, viewers watching. Yeah, we've still got 26 poor people watching online uh, to this. Well, well, as well. well so done for putting that together. I think they've fallen to yeah. sleep, mate. Don't worry about yeah, it. That oh, <laughs> There's not much to choose. Is there Terry really? and I'll be honest, mate. I'm logged in on four devices, so that's because it's got no offer. Oh, no. Tell you what, I could just eat a burger now. Could you just eat a burger? Sorry, Cozzy. That is poor. Love it, Tom. Love it. So man, fucking man. I used to think you're a good lad and all. But... <laughs> right, so that's it for uh, for us yeah. guys. So um, thank you guys all for for joining in. Thank you for for coming on the podcast and um, and and doing what you've done and helping me over the last year and helping Cosy as well um, get to what we've got to. We've even got two shows now. We've got a preview show. So thanks again, Chris and Brady. Brady, especially for all the hard work you put in as well, not just in the podcast, but with the, the articles that you do to keep churning out content for people. Um, five is in the post, mate. Well, you're not getting that much. <laughs> and uh, and Cosy sat there in his Liverpool shirt by the looks of things, enjoying life I'm with his... Uh... Spanish man. <laughs> I pressed that button. I pressed that button. Thanks to everybody who's stuck with us online as well. I hope you've yeah, enjoyed the, the big fat town quiz of the year. And thanks for joining us every week as well. There's, there's a lot of regulars on there and, and thanks for joining us. And ter- it's a good job, you, Terry. I tell you what, Brady. Together. I tell you what, Brady. It's a good job Terry Mulak didn't actually because if James hadn't joined, I was throwing out the invite to Terry Mulak. He was next in line. And looking at the looking at the chat box here, he would have smashed everything on his quiz. <laughs> He'd have walked it. So you know, maybe next time I'm going to bring in a ringer for you, Brady, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that Could goes. Be on but... my team and Cos's team next year. That guy. That makes it seem like I've been placed by Brady to avoid this this challenge. <laughs> James, after we record, after we record, <laughs> there. So thanks everyone for joining. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next year. We will. Happy New Year, everybody. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white 
They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory so town play up and bring that cup back to Huddersfield. So town play up and bring the cup back to And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.